Back again for another week at the Barbershop, Wednesday edition, playersvoice.com. I am your host, Mark Gray, joined remotely by Satellite, my main man, my brother, Damar Johnson. How you doing today, bro? Doing good, man. What's up, fellas? Glad to have you. Know you're a little bit under the weather, but we appreciate you uh, taking your time out to join the show. And as always, the man behind the scenes, the producer of the show, the third wheel of the Barbershop, A1. How you doing today, bro? Great. Glad to be here. All right, well, we are here. Um, first order of business, to get that out of the way. Uh, please make sure that you guys go out and check out our sponsor. That's SNL Heating and Air Conditioning. You can like their page on Facebook. That's S, um, S and, and, this and sign, L Air Conditioning and Heating LLC. Just like their page on Facebook. Go ahead and show them support. Make sure that you let them know that, uh, you know, you're a barbershop support. You support the barbershop, you support them. Um, get right into business. DJ, you guys got a game tonight, correct? Yeah. You guys are all the way up to number 11? Yeah, man. That's What were you guys when you got there? Might be you. Um, 20, 24, 22 or something like that. So safe to say, since you've been there, they're just flying up the charts. Hey, man, I don't want to take that credit. Them guys are playing <laughs> their butts off. Have they, have they lost <laughs> since you've been there? No. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I know you're a humble guy. You don't want to take all the credit for uh for for them. Um, real quick before we get into uh the Super Bowl that we got to get in and wrap up, which I was right and you were wrong as per se usual. Um, one of our loyal listeners, Alvin, and a couple other people have brought it to my attention, and we were actually talking about it um previously before. You see this this ninety two point high school basketball game? Yeah. What 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 do you call that, man? What do you even make of something like that? I think it's a joke, man. When I, I me mean, when I when I when I heard he scored ninety two points, I mean I didn't. I, I seen a kid shoot some half court shots before, um, just on some highlights. But then when I seen the, um, some highlights of the game, I thought it was. I was, it got me pretty upset. I was like, man, that's who's coaching this team. Like that's they making a mockery of the game at that point. I don't even want to play a game like that. That is crazy. Like, how did we get there? Like, how how does that happen? And, and then oh, they're no. recording stats like that. I've been saying for a while, man, just stats alone is just, you know, it's just kind of, I, I, I'm starting not to like stats. I was watching something last night, NBA TV. They had a segment talking about, you know, the triple doubles. And mm-hmm. what is it? They was, um, I heard Oscar was saying, Oscar was like, man, somebody was thinking about no assist numbers and rebound numbers and none of that stuff. You're just basically going out there. And just playing like the stats is just you know something they just try to create it to make people superstars. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, what's the most you ever scored in the game, professional? Well, either college or professional. Professional, I had um sixty. Sixty in, in Saudi Arabia. Mm. Yes. Yeah, um, um, NBA was twenty eight. You know who was? You remember who was against? Milwaukee. Milwaukee, who was on that team? Was that Ray? Phil, Ray, Big Dog, Tim Thomas. Okay. So what was that night like? Did you feel like you was on fire? Um, just got my opportunity. I mean I mean that that second half of that year is when I really started to play more and play a lot and that was just one of them games where I just kinda just kinda, you know, was doing everything. Where was that at? Where were it you? Was in it was in Atlanta. You were in Atlanta. Oh, so you was a young boy then. Yeah. 28. 
against Big Dog and them. And that was always something you look you always like looked up to, right, Big Dog? Yeah, Big, Big Dog was my favorite college player ever. Okay. And what about in high school? In high school, um Hey, what movie here? I'm not sure. I think I had I know I had some forties in in Maine. Um probably summer league games. I know I had like fifty one and something some some that it was one of them summer league games or something. You and Karan Butler were on the same were on the same team in high school. Was that was that was y'all both seniors? Yeah, yeah. But he he ended up um staying another year after after I did. But you played one whole season together. Yeah. Was that just crazy to have the two of y'all at the same time? Yeah, I mean I, that whole team was crazy. I mean at the time, I mean Karan was really good. I didn't, you know, of course we didn't know that you know our careers would take the paths that went. I didn't know Karan would be so good in NBA. And but you but you never know. He was um he, he was he was really good. But that team was was unbelievable. I mean, because we, we I came back home for Thanksgiving and just went to the Mad Thing Gonzaga game. The Keepo was in Forte, and at that time, those were two of the top high school teams in the whole country. And I was looking at them play, and I'm just thinking, man, we would beat these teams thirty easy. Really? Yeah. Who else, who else was on your main team? Was was there any other NBA players or Division One players? All Division One players. Okay. Um, got a got a guy with the Michigan, um, UNC Charlotte, um, Central Florida, Georgetown, Pittsburgh. Um, we got me and, me and Karan. We had like a seven seven footer with the Georgetown. And none of you guys are actually lived in me or from me. No. <laughs> That's crazy, man. I mean, Maine had a nice little history. Sam Cassell went there. Patino Mobley went there. Brad Miller. Um, Eric Barkley. I had a few other NBA guys who, who went through there. Oh, yeah. I know I know it was a basketball uh, factory. But, all right, let's get into this Super Bowl, which you had there. Land. Let me ask you this. You, you did pick the Falcons, right? I know that you're not a Patriots fan. How much of that was you really thought the Falcons were going to win? And how much was that is just you just don't like the Patriots? Did I pick the Falcons? Yeah. You said the okay. Falcons. Okay. Um, <laughs> now my man forgot. <laughs> nah, it was more. It was more wishful thinking. I mean, I did. Okay. I did, I did feel like Atlanta did have a, a lot. Mm-hmm. They had a, a lot to deal with offensively, and um, and they had the sack leader on their team, which you know, if, if you can rush four guys, that will cause a problem for you know that the offense, the Tom Brady runs, but um. It, it was it was a little bit of both. I mean, I, I don't I don't really like the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I would rather them not have won, personally. But I did feel that Atlanta just you know they, they had a whole lot that you had to try to stop. So what what do you now you're watching this Super Bowl? And break me down what you're thinking as you're watching it in the first half, and they're just Atlanta's just running away with it. Um. Part of me was like, man, this after the pick six, I was like, whoa, you know, this is this this, this, this might be hard for them to come back from from this. All they got to do is, I mean, I mean, I hate when teams really play conservative and just keep running, and the team comes back. But I was thinking, man, they up so much, especially when they got the twenty-eight three. I was thinking, there's um, it'll be real hard for this team. It's gonna take some a miracle for these. It's gonna take them to get a pick six or some or some turnovers for. Um, the Patriots to come back in this game. When I when I'm watching the game at the beginning, okay, I, I, let's take it back. I thought going into the game. Matter of fact, I'll go back even further to probably about week five or six into the NFL season. I was on record as saying I just I never believe in Atlanta. You know, I, I feel like it's the same Atlanta team. 
Um, you know, the the weapons have been well documented for this is their like it's almost like if we're talking about weapons, they've been loaded and then reloaded again. You know, I mean, you know, they had a Tony Gonzalez, Michael Turner, uh Rodney White era, you know, then switched then it's like re up traded in Rodney White for Julio Jones, got you know, got uh Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman replacing Michael Turner, you know, so they've had weapons. Like this 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 Atlanta has a, a great offense thing is not new. That's what we've known for, for a while now. It's just that I feel like they've always just let you down the second, you know, you want to believe in them. It was just, wasn't it just last year that they started off with the 6-0 and and then didn't win another game? Yeah. Yeah. So that was my thing. And then the playoffs, as me and A1 were talking, after you reflect before the playoffs, I really felt like there there was no great team in the NFL this year, you know? And so when the playoffs roll around, the best team I thought was the Cowboys, but you're talking about rookie quarterback, rookie running back, and whatever the case may be. I thought the Cowboys were the best, or the only one, if you want to call somebody a good team, it would be the Cowboys. Now you fast forward and we're going through the playoffs, and once you realize that it's like, you know, they have to beat the Packers, and me and you have been saying all year, Packers not a good team. You know what I mean? That's one man. And one or sooner or later, that magic runs out. So here we are. We're at the Super Bowl. And I'm, you know, Super Bowl week, and it's all this Falcons hype. And I'm still in my head like, I, I don't see. It. You know, that's that's what I'm thinking going into the game. Like, I just don't see what this hype is. I, You know, they might be the best of a bunch of teams that just aren't good. So that's where I think we're at. So now we fast forward. We're halfway through the, the first or second quarter. And I'm saying, like, I mean... I guess you have to give it to them. Like, that, that, that's the first that comes into my head, right? Like, okay, you know, they score. They score again. Now, that pick six, that was big. And just the, the, the how demoralizing it looked that it was like Brady throws the pick, and then you realize that he's the last line of defense, and he starts running, and you realize, I mean, not even remotely, there's no shot in hell of him catching the dude, right? He just dives. And did you notice how long that guy took to get into the end zone? No. I mean, go back and watch. I mean, he got down. It was the type of stuff you do on a video game when you're playing against somebody. Like, he might have spent at least six seconds at the two-yard line, <laughs> like, enjoying himself. And I was just like, whoa, okay. I was like, you know what? They might have made – part of me was like, you know what? He might have celebrated that one a little too much. But it didn't matter. Like, New England just looked like nothing was going right for them. You know what I mean? And the one thing about teams like Atlanta, because one thing I do know about a team like Atlanta and teams like that is that – if they're in pressure-free football, that's when it gets ugly. You know what I mean? When you start firing on all cylinders, like, we're up 20, you know, no pressure on us. Let's try this. Let's try that. And I was like, uh-oh. And New England's not really built for a bombs-away defense. You know what I mean? It's like you're just going to five-yard pass your way down the field for 25 points. So I was like, okay, they're, they're, they're in a little bit of trouble. Now, the first time New England put pre- – that when they scored – and I think it was down to eight, and it was about eight minutes left in the five minutes left in the game. And I said, for the first time this game, Matt Ryan is going on the field with pressure on him. He's stepping on the field knowing uh, we need to do something here. You know, whether it's take time off the club. But it was the first time that he took the field in that game that it was like we need to do something. And when he didn't, it was like, uh oh. Well, he drove him down the field. They they drove down the field pretty easy. It was a field goal range pretty fast, and then... Yes, they got the, the little 20-yard um, screen right off rip, and then one other play. Go ahead. 
in the past, the amazing pass of Julio Jones. Amazing. Amazing catch. Amazing pass, too, actually. Yeah, pass, too. Yeah, yeah. pass was, too. But, I mean, that Julio's a monster. That's not new. Yeah. Go ahead. Then you get a sack. You, you lose 15, 20 yards on a the sack. Then you get a holding call. And now you're out of field goal range. I mean, you, you run the ball two, three times, kick a field goal. You probably win this game. Yeah. Here's the thing to me. The next day with all of the the set, the one sack or the this, if you blow a 25-point lead, Trust me, it's not one play. You know that. that I mean, it's, not, it, it's a lot of plays. You're in field goal. You're in field goal range, and you can't take that sack. You don't get the first down. Throw the ball away. You don't. You don't take a sack to take you out of field goal range in, in that time of the game. You I'm know, with you. Up. I watch Jameis Winston. He does it for sport, and it and it makes me cry. <laughs> I mean, it makes you cry. Yeah, yeah, He's no, young. absolutely. You're, you're right, and I know you're heavy on. You know, you we joke all the time, but I know you're not a big Tom Brady fan. You ask, what's the difference between him and a Matt Ryan? And I mean, I know you're saying that joking. Plus, to just that play right there, that yes, play right there. that's my point, right? That that yeah. that that's mm-hmm. what it is. Is that you Absolutely. see the great ones, including you know a Manning, a Brady. They don't do that. Like right. you know, if you pull up a Peyton Manning or who we know, he's going down. Period. Like you, you might sack me for three yards, but one thing you're not going to be doing is any of these 18 yard sacks. Like that's that's right. just not happening. You know, and that's the difference between a Brady and Manning and 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 the rest. You know, th- those elites, and um, and that's one of the reasons I have trouble with the guy who's on the fringe with that is Ben, because Ben is famous for some eighteen-yard sacks. Mm-hmm. Famous. Well, for him. The thing is, when you when you talk about um, Brady and and the Peyton Manning, they they don't create with their legs. They're right. Capable. Right. Well, you got guys that are capable of creating with their legs. They can get out of got get out of some situations, and they have got out of so many situations mm-hmm. and have made big plays. So that's that's what's on their mind. And 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 the thing is, I feel like that, and I I hundred percent agree with you. And I feel like a lot of the times with the especially uh, Ben Roethlisberger stands out the most to me, but also Cam is that while it's a gift, it's also a curse. And it's like you know, yes, they can do this, and a lot of times you know you get good, but there's a lot of times that bad happens. You know, extend so often we say extend the play. That's not always a good thing. No. You know, there's a lot of bad things that happen when you extend plays. You know, a lot of, you know, scrambling and throwing into double coverage, scrambling and fumbling, scrambling and sack yard is lost. And, you know, that's an extended play. Mm -hmm. You, You know what I mean? And while Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, they don't extend any plays. They also don't get any 20 yard sacks. You know, they're not rolling out, throwing across. You know, that, a lot of that throwing across your body stuff, that starts on extended plays. Mm-hmm. And any quarterback coach will tell you, when you start throwing across your body, that's when trouble starts happening. Right. You, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like the Brett Favre thing. There's, there's a lot of great plays that happen when you extend it and a lot of bad things that happen. Now, when you start watching the momentum change and, and you see New England score, then a two-point conversion, and you, you really at this point, it was almost like New England was no longer playing the Falcons. They were playing the clock. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't a matter if they could score. It was just, is there enough time? Because all they do, you are 100% right, is throw seven, eight-yard passes. You know, and then these, the, but then when they start, these seven, eight-yard outs start turning into 20-yard runs, 30-yard runs, 15-yard runs, and Atlanta just couldn't stop them. And the thing about Brady and the book is out there, and it's one of the reasons you guys have had success 
with him and what Denver was able to do to Cam Newton last year for people who don't follow football like that. The key is to hit Tom Brady and put pressure on him, right? But it's to do it with four. That's the difference. You have to do it with four. Because when you start blitzing Tom Brady, it gets ugly and it gets ugly real quick. They, they post a stat. His, 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 um, his, his quarterback rating against the blitz is like 127. You know, because here's a guy who doesn't need time to pass the ball anyway. So if you're going to bring seven, that middle of the field is open, and that's what he lives for. Yeah, it's kind of what he wants you to do. That's, that's, that's what he wants you to do. So mm-hmm. you can't blitz him. You have to get pressure, but you have to get pressure with four. And once it kind of seemed like, you know, almost like the Floyd Mayweather thing where he, he uses the first six or seven rounds to, or four or five rounds to figure you out. And then once he figures you out, it's just, you know, target practice. And that's kind of where Tom Brady went with it. You know, he used that first quarter to figure it out. And once they figured out, it looked like the, the Falcons literally made zero adjustments offensively or defensively. They, they, was, they were still up. They were still up 28 to 3. And midway through the third quarter, and and things just happen so fast. You get Matt Ryan fumble. They they fumbled in 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 scoring range already in the red zone for Patriots. Patriots turn it into a score. Then they get a stop. Then they score again. And then you know time is rolling. Time is going down. And that's when you know they drive down the field. That's when you taking a sack. That's when you getting a holding. And now you know the pressure's on your defense. And and it just looked it looked like what it really was though it looked like one proven Super Bowl team versus one uh not you know one newcomer to the block and as a Maryland fan I can tell you what it also reminds me of I mean this it's almost like almost my entire Maryland basketball career watching is like it reminds me of Mikey out there that that 10 minute uh, that that miracle minute is what they call it when Maryland's up 10 with a minute left and Duke still scores 10 points in one minute. And exactly that feeling was is Duke was the reigning champion. We were not a proven champion. And mm-hmm. even no matter how much we were up, you still knew you were going to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was like once Jason Williams took off his took off his shirt and, it, and showed his Superman uh, shirt, it was pretty much over. Even though it felt even though we were up eight, it felt like you were down, you know, and, and it was like every time out. The clock didn't seem like it moved fast enough. <laughs> you know, you're like, 33 seconds, it should be 20. It should be 20. Because, again, we weren't playing Duke. They are playing the clock. Right. And, and it just felt like that same feeling. Like, uh, Atlanta, the only thing that's going to save you now is if this clock runs out. Because you guys aren't stopping them, and your offense ain't scoring any points. I, I think the offense could have scored points. But, <clears throat> but with all that said, that's why I feel like the Patriots are just so well – oiled as a machine and and that's and that's why you know i i take people give you know brady all that credit and i and i don't because we always compare them to the spurs and i know how it is to be in a locker room in san antonio where these guys are just used to winning you don't have the most talented players out there but you got pop when pops going at halftime he adjusts to what they did that half like, they're doing this, they're doing this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, and then everybody in there just, everybody's already confident, nobody heads down. You come right out and do exactly what he said we're going to do, and now, you know, Tim Duncan has five rings. But, but and, how much of that, though, and I agree with all of that, 
and it's a well-oiled machine, coaching starts at the top. But how much of that is about having a strong leader at the top, though? And whether it be Tim Duncan or it be Tom Brady. It's, 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 it didn't matter because Tim Duncan barely said anything. Right, but he went out there and led and did None it. None of them guys barely said anything. Pop, nobody, nobody coached that team. Pops coached that team. You know, he didn't have, when I played on Denver, our team was way more talented than that team. But he got the players. I mean, you got guys, I think Bruce Bowen jerseys were tired in there. You know, Bruce Bowen can't play basketball that well, but he, <laughs> he can spin, he can listen. He, you get yourself in a position, and you take advantage of that position, and, you know, you ride out a successful career. Them guys could have been somewhere else, you know, like, like I don't, I don't know if Tom Brady takes the Browns to the to the playoffs. I don't know. If, I don't know if Tom Brady takes the Browns to the playoffs, but I don't know if the Patriots win five Super Bowl with whoever the Browns quarterback is. I, I, I don't. I, I don't see I, I, another I, I, five Super Bowls after Tom Brady retires. I don't know. Well, now, now it's to a point where, you know, his first the first Super Bowl, Tom Brady did much of nothing. He threw nah, one touchdown. One hundred percent. He was along for the ride. Yeah, three three games. He threw one touchdown, one interception, all playoffs. He's mm-hmm. going for the. So now, once you already get that that under your belt, you got a Super Bowl under your belt, and you you got trust in your coaches. The coaches got trust in you. Now you sixteen, seventeen years later, you already know. Like you've been there so long, and now y'all, it's it's just second nature. And for guys, you can plug you can you can plug in any of them guys, and it's like okay. This is what we're doing because that team is just so well prepared. When they when they show us this, this is what we're doing. When they show us this, this is what we're going to do. And I don't know if they went five Super Bowls because now Tom has just he's been there so long. It's just a second nature. That's what I was going to say. Are you going to at least give Tom his credit for being cool as cool as ice under pressure and stepping yeah, up there? And absolutely, absolutely, because he 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 experienced that success so early. Mm-hmm. I think so, that's a very good yeah, point. He, he came into the league. Playing with house money. Mm-hmm. He didn't come in the top player in the draft expecting to do this and do that, expecting for success. He had nothing to try to live up to. He's playing with house money from the start. I, I, I agree with a lot of the things that you say in terms of I'm not so sure how his career would have turned out if he went other places. But where we differ is I'm not so sure that you can just say anybody would do what Tom Brady has done. And, you know, we have seen lots of people who don't play on that stage when, when the biggest lights. And he's essentially, for the last 10 years now, just played on the biggest stage every year and mm-hmm. and shows up. Yeah, yeah, he does. I mean, because pretty much everybody on that team, you know, shows up for the most part. I mean, oh, in the NFL. The quarterback. Sorry, go ahead. He just happened to be the quarterback, and, you know, and he's, he's in control of the offense. But I, I do believe, just like, you know, they, they go their first four games without him. They win three of them. He set off for a season. They win 11 games. It's like that team is going to be good as long as they're being coached by Bill Belichick regardless. We've seen a lot of players who have great careers and Hall of Fame numbers crumble under that spotlight. You know, just completely fold up and look like a shell of themselves. Yeah, and, just, real quick, Jay, James Foy said they were 5-11 and 11 before Brady took over the year before with Bill. You heard that, DJ? Yeah, that's fine. Oh, I didn't. You heard what A one said? Yeah, I heard. Him. Okay, okay. Yeah. I know. I know. You heard. It. But yeah, um, I mean, I mean it, take, it takes some. Sometimes it takes time. I mean, he's a leader. I mean, you yeah. you can't say he's not a leader. He's a leader. He's a professional. And and you know, 
I'm, I agree with you that, you know, if you put him in the quarterback challenge and say, do, you know, hit that target over there, he might not be able to do all of that. But a lot of the things that we both have agreed on that makes a great quarterback are those intangibles, you know, and not necessarily the guy with the biggest arm or the fastest legs or, or the, all of that, is that he has that up there. He also said Spurs have zero chips without Tim Duncan. It's been one year. Huh? How many years has Tim Duncan been retired? No, I see he said they would have no championships without Tim Duncan. If Tim oh, Duncan he said the Spurs would have no rings without Tim Duncan. Yeah. Hmm. What do you think about that? The year, the year, the year I was there, and Tim, Tim, Tim plays the Phoenix series. He had a three to push yeah. over time. He he played great, but I mean, I ain't gonna say he played great. He didn't. He actually did play great. I mean, he 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 played decent. It was the combination of everybody. Kenyon Martin got got at Tim Duncan pretty well. He wasn't, you know, the reason. Well, well, we kept losing to to the Spurs. I mean, you got Tony Parker got an MVP, you know, and Tony Parker, had he went to Wales, who knows where he would have been. He can't shoot the ball. He's not athletic. He got a funny little game. Ginobili's a second round pick. You know, these guys could have went somewhere else, and and I think their whole career would have took totally different paths. But now they're all champions, and they're all going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree with you on on the assessment of a lot of. A lot of those things, but again, I don't think it's just plug and play. Anybody can do it, you know. I mean, I think there is something in Tom Brady that is a that is a leader, a leader gene. And I mean, he's I think he's a very good leader. Now, th- here's the difference: let's not act like you can just be a leader and you can lead the Browns or you can lead the Rams. You, you know what I mean? Like you still have to lead somebody. Well, well, it's different because you look at guys. Some guys say say look at the quarterback position. You gotta. A guy you can look at where you'd be like, okay, this guy, he, he, he has more responsibility. He has more – he take on more than, say, another guy that's, you know, just playing in the system and he's just asked to make the simple play and do simple things. And, you know, and you just used to – that's just what it is. You know, you got one of the best coaches in the league and you just got to make simple plays as opposed to a guy that's, that's on a team where you're asked to make – a lot more plays. You having more direct control over the game. I always felt like I think Peyton played with good players, but I always felt like Peyton had more control over the game and what's going on with the offense and where the ball's going and all that. Instead of just you know he's just running you know this system that he's been in his whole life. I mean Peyton after their coach after Tony Dungy left, you know they go fourteen and no, they would have been sixteen and no maybe if he didn't sit down. And then a lot of times that greatness that made Tom, excuse me, uh, Peyton Manning great would always end that season as the default is because, you know, you're not only the, it's not well known that not only are you the quarterback, you're the, the offensive coordinator. And when he's having a bad offensive coordinator day, he turns into a bad quarterback. You know what I mean? Because he's, he's not playing quarterback, he's playing offensive coordinator. You know what I mean? And so it's like these plays aren't coming out right. You know, the assignment, he's playing Two, two, wearing two hats, as they would say, you, you know what I mean, and so it, it became a little bit more. I don't, I, I agree with you one hundred percent of that, and always have been with the, that Peyton Manning bared more responsibility, and a lot of times I feel like, you know, that was also a downfall. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we would see him come unraveled, you, you know, and once he comes unraveled mentally, he would almost be rendered useless. You know what I mean? In terms of like he's just throwing the ball and he just looks baffled at what the hell is going on out there. Now, well, I will agree with you on, on certain things like, say, for example, Romo, a guy that everybody hates and thinks so-and-so. I feel like to try and compare Romo to Brady, before you guys jump off and say, oh, that's blasphemy, 
Fine. To say that, that they're in the same situation, I believe, is not apples to apples. In that, I agree with you that Brady's situation is, I'm going to throw this ball at this at point B. And I know for a fact that that receiver is going to be at point B. Because if he's not, he's going to be off the team. No matter if and whoever it is. Tony Romo's situation. I might throw the ball at point B. But if Des doesn't want to be at point B, Des wants to be at point C. Because that's what he felt like doing. Then, you know, it's an interception and nothing happens to Des or anybody else for that matter. You know, so it it becomes team structure. You, You know what I mean? So, whereas though... New England might be full of a bunch of receivers that aren't going to win any talent scouts. But one thing we know about, and Lamont has always told us, if you do not do your job, you will not be on the team. And your job is be on the X. Not, not X minus one, not X minus two, not, a, you know, I freestyled it, I broke off the play. Mm-mm. Not interested. Be at the point, the ball will be there, you get the ball, and you do what you're supposed to do. No ifs, ands, or buts, which just makes for like an almost a military style versus while the rest of the, a lot of these other NFL teams, it's just the last lack of discipline. And that's where it starts to come out. That's, that's exactly what, I, what I've been saying. Cause, and that's why I always compare it to just my little time with the Spurs. It's just you have your set of rules and you have your offense and this is what we're going to run and just trust is going to work. If so, they're doing something different then coaches want to make the adjustment and everybody just trusts that it's going to work. And it don't take, it don't take the most talented players in the world to do that. Like everybody always talk about, he's throwing the Hogan, he's throwing the Edelman, he's throwing to these guys. And, and, and I say, these, the guys that they want, the Patriots are the best organization in football. If they wanted to go out and get, you know, Calvin Johnson, you don't think they can. I mean, the one year they did it with Moss and it was a great year for them. And, you know, it didn't, it didn't end well, but those not the guys they want. They get the guys they want, and they win with them every year. There's nothing new for them. I, I, the, the thing is, is, I remember the experiment with Chad Johnson, and I remember asking Lamont, and the whole world was like, yo, how come he can't get on the field? And everybody was so surprised. And Lamont and another one of his former teammates was also a Patriot would tell me, like, I'm not surprised at all. It's not about the name on the back of your jersey. It was like, you know, if you don't learn the plays – it doesn't right. matter. You could be the best player in the world. I'm not I'm not up to date on all the plays. Well, then you won't play, period. Right. And that's what Lamont kept saying. He's like, yo, if you can't learn the playbook, Belichick's not interested in how great you are at doing, you know, how great of a freelance receiver you are and making plays on the ball. Not interested. You, you know, and we saw, if you remember back in that, they would show, you know, Chad break at seven yards instead of breaking at six. Mm-hmm. Wrong place. Brady interception. Thanks for coming out, Chad. We, we're not, you know, you don't see the, the game the rest, you won't see the field the rest of the day. Right. And, and you just ask yourself, it's almost like the Belichick, and that's the difference. That's why you see, like, there's miles apart between a Belichick and a Rex Ryan. So, I agree, like you say, and, and I pretty much, you know, Rex Ryan seems like the rah-rah guy, and everybody wants to play for him, and, you know, I'm sure he gives great speeches, and he's really cool, but that same discipline and letting people be who they are and letting them do what they are, when it comes down to it, at the end of the game, you, it's, it's no surprise that the, bill, the Bills will lead, the, a Rex Ryan team will lead the NFL in, in false starts. You know, a Rex Ryan team will lead the league in penalties. They have the, that small mental mistake at the end. And it's like, you know, it's, it comes down to one word, discipline. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. 
Yeah, something, DJ? I couldn't hear you. No, nah, I was just agreeing with you. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, Belichick is great. You just wonder how some of these other people don't try it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I guess it's, it's probably, like anything else, a lot easier said than yes. done. And I think a lot of it has to come with, it's real. When Belichick says it and Popovich says it, their word is gospel versus when Kyle Shanahan says it is, who the hell are you? Right. I mean, it's just a part of who you are. You, you can't. You can't you can't be you can't be somebody that you're not. And you know, the Giants, they was they was getting on Tom Coughlin for being a little too strict and too militant. And then as soon as he pulled back a little bit, we went to Super Bowls. So, I mean, it doesn't work with everybody. And you gotta try to have the type of players in your team that's gonna buy in. That's why I say they have these guys that have because they buy in. Tim Duncan, it was so easy for Popovich because he got a, such a quiet, humble superstar in this team that it's easy to coach where I can go in and I can let Tim Duncan have it. I can yell at him and say any, anything in the world to him as great as he is. And when guys see that I can do that to him and he's not talking back to me, he has no response. It's, you're right, you're right, yes sir. And when guys see that, now you know they follow behind and it makes his job a lot easier. Had Popovich had, you know, a uh, uh, you know another guy who who isn't Demarcus isn't Cousins. Way. So he had Demarcus it'll Cousins. It made his job harder, right? And you that's know, why got, I think that the Spurs like the Patriots. Tom, Sorry, go ahead. Tom is just happy to be there. You know, from the, at first, you know, he wasn't good in school in Michigan. He just happened to be there. So now it was like, man, all you gotta do, son, you do this, you do this, and you do this. I don't need nothing else from you. And it just makes it easier for all of them. And I I think a, one thing that the Patriots and the Spurs both do is that they don't necessarily go after the best players. They go after their players. Yeah, that's what I've been saying. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm pretty sure if Sacramento called called and said, we have a DeMarcus Cousins for your 12th man trade, he'd say, not interested. <laughs> you know, right. just like, not interested. You know, he's, he's the best big man in basketball. Not interested. That's that's not our player. You know, sorry. Right. You know, right. not, I'm not giving you Matt Bonner for DeMarcus Cousins. You know, just not interested. Right. And, and I'm guessing it's the same way in New England. You know, not interested. I, I, I don't need Des Bryant. Is he amazing? That's great. I, you know, I, yeah. I don't doubt that. We don't do that here, though. Agreed. You know, and then you find yourself with a lot of offensive players, at least, on the Patriots. Are While Julian Edelman is like a number one receiver. But I'm pretty sure in the back of Julian Edelman's mind, he knows, like, if I was to get cut here, I'd be like a fringe NFL player. Well, well, beforehand, maybe. Now, at, at this point, I feel like, you know, it's a copycat league. They, I mean, Wes Welker had a chance to go to Denver, and, you know, he, I guess concussions is probably what got him out of the league. Yeah. But they could look at a guy like Edelman who's seen how hard he worked and seen, well, shoot, Bill Belichick can do this with him, and, you know, we could try to do this with him, and maybe it won't work. But they'll, right. He'll at least get his shots. Yeah, he'll get a shot. I'm not saying you no team would pick him up. Beforehand, maybe not. Yeah, but it, but like if Julian Edelman left the Patriots, signed some big contract somewhere, and was out of the league in two years, nobody would be surprised. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like nobody would be surprised at all. You just be like, oh okay, yeah, he didn't bring Tom Brady in the whole offense with him. You're like, no, just you know, it's a little bit different. You Those know, guys just man, just just got to figure it out. And 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 like the little these little running backs, Lewis and White, they just they just find a mismatch. And like I say, coming from a team. That I was in where we got a team full of talent and losing to a team that don't have half the talent. But just me being getting a chance to go there and just see how they handle things 
and just and it starts from it stops from the top. That's why I'm like, man, this 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 pops in here. You know what I mean? And and because we be I had better players and I go there with worse players and everything. It just runs so smooth because everybody buys in. I mean, Belichick is uh more of a committee guy in the NFL. In the NFL, where a lot of feel like a lot of these teams put so much stock into the superstars and the elite players. So, for example, Pittsburgh is going to say Le'Veon Bell, and everybody says Le'Veon Bell the best running back in football. He can do this. He can do that. He can do this. He can do that. And we can all agree. And you sit down and you watch Le'Veon Bell, and you say, "Man, that's amazing." And then Le'Veon Bell gets hurt, and you're kind of like. Uh, yeah, you know, we're losing Le'Veon Bell. You know, he, he, he can do everything. He can catch, he can run, he can do all of that. Belichick attacks it a little different. I got LeGarrette Le Blunt, who's a downhill runner. He's as good a downhill runner as anybody in the NFL. You know, like, if I need a, if I need a yard, he's, he's as good a uh, backyard, I mean, excuse me, as a goal line back as they're in the NFL. If I want a passing down, I throw Deion Lewis out there, you know, and he's as good as a receiver out the backfield as anybody in the whatchamacallit. And if I want to tilt my hand and not let people know, I go with James White, who can run the ball out the backfield, and he can catch the ball out the backfield, and he's good in pass protection. So now, if any one of these players get hurt, not really that big of a deal. The other one picks up the slack. And on the flip side of that, like, all my eggs aren't in one basket, and you have so much flexibility. So we've seen games where LeGarrette Blunt gets the ball 25, 30 times a game, and Tom Brady don't even throw the ball. And then we've seen games where LeGarrette Blunt is not even in the game, and Deion Lewis is getting 10 catches out the backfield, James White is getting 10 catches out the backfield, and they don't even run the ball. Right. And, and so it's like you have so many identities. And you remember the thing Lamont said when he was here? He said that when we went to, I can't remember, he said we went to so-and-so game, we had three different game plans. Remember he said that? He's like, we had three different game plans. We had one in case it rained. We had one in case it was sunny. We had one in case we were up. You know, and it's just like, that's being prepared. Right. And having that team with so many flexible options is, I mean, you, you have to tip your hat to Belichick and say, man, that's or the whole offense, the whole organization. Like, you know, that's awesome. You know, why yeah. have a Le'Veon Bell when you can get Garrett Blunt, Deion Lewis, and James White? That's, that, that's how they do Absolutely, I, I agree with you. And in a league where, uh, you know, how many of these teams we see, you know, Jamal Charles gets hurt, team, you know, your teams, there goes their chances. Le'Veon Bell gets hurt, there goes your chances. Adrian Peterson get hurt, you know, there goes your chances. And it's just like, and this it was such a fragile league where very rarely do any of these players play that many games. You know, why put all your eggs in one basket? You know, Gronkowski, they, they have great Gronkowski. They have the best tight end in the NFL. And what do they do? They go get another tight end. Yeah. You know, I mean, he says, hey, just in case Grant gets injured, which he tends to do a lot, I, you know, I got another top five, top ten tight end right here to take his place. And, and Bennett, Bennett was saying, he was like, man, I, I come here and, you know, you know, I've had these stats before, but here it's, it's not about who gets the ball. It, it doesn't matter. Kind of like how Golden State is now. It's like it doesn't matter who, who shine. Like you say, they ran the game. They run the girl blunt 40 times. Brady don't throw the ball. Then you got one game, they don't run the ball at all. Mm -hmm. And they still going to win either way. Yeah. That's just, that's just showing you who they are. And that's why when, you know, I hear the next day, everybody's saying, okay, now Tom Brady's got to be the best quarterback to ever live. And I'm like, I just can't. I can't, I can't give them that because I'm looking at other quarterbacks and I think they just do more.
So right, no, go ahead. They, there's nothing. I think he can. All the top quarterbacks that's ever played, people that's in a conversation, rings or no rings, and I just don't see what Tom Brady does better than any of them. But when he wins, yeah, he leads. He leads. Well, what do any he of wins. them do better than him, though? You heard anyone? I can answer. I mean, go ahead. All the things you need your quarterback to do. I mean, they can. I mean, it depends on who you talk about. I mean, throwing the ball, like Montana went and ring after ring after ring. And I'm watching Montana, you know, throw a five-yard slant to Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice runs 70 yards. And then I'm watching who's the best, you know, receiver ever. And Steve Young coming to do the same thing. Right. Then I watch Dan Marino, who's throwing the ball 50-yard downfield to five, eight guys and lighting up the stats. But he he's doing more, he's doing most of it himself. And he's throwing the ball more accurate, faster, stronger arm. And Montana doesn't didn't have to do that. He had a great team around him. They came in with a new system. They 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 throwing the ball on first down with you know guys wasn't doing that back then, and it was just run run throw. And Walsh brought in a whole new offense, and they ran it to perfection. But I still always thought Moreno was just a, a better passer. I feel like Marino and Brady are, are when people always say this person, that person, the great, da 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 da. I feel like Marino and Brady are the same person. You know what I mean? Like now we can sit here and say, and we're both in agreement. I watch a guy like Aaron Rodgers, and then you're just like, there's nothing he can't do. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not. Now the difference is, and you know this in sports, I do think that there's a gene where some dudes are just cool as can be under pressure, and and, and they live for that moment. In basketball, there's certain guys, nobody's ever going to call Sam Gassell or Chauncey Billups the best point guard who ever lived. But I tell you what, game on the line, a minute left, them, those two dudes are as cool as a fan. You know, I mean, and, and, and I mean, Sam Cassell in, that, in those Houston championships, they took Kenny Smith off the floor, and Kenny Smith was a hell of a point guard, and they put in Sam Cassell in those, you know, to close out those games, and Sam was hitting closeout game shots. Mm-hmm. You know that that doesn't mean that he's a better point guard than you know I, I you know whoever you want to talk about but but it, but it means like uh, in the clutch that that dude's that dude's a winner. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I don't I don't see how it it kind of with, with Tom Brady and Marino being pretty much the same. I don't I don't see that, but I do. No, I said Tom Brady and and and, and um, Joe Montana. Okay, you said Moreno. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant I'm sorry. Yeah. Hell no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I meant Montana. I meant Montana. But yeah, when you when you win when you win a Super Bowl so early, and you and you know that you going into this game and you're just feel like you're just so well prepared because your coach has your coaching staff has prepared you for these games and these situations. Did you feel like you? I mean, it's 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 pretty easy for you. Like I say, there's no pressure. There's no pressure on Tom Brady. You know, he didn't come in with the hype. No, but I don't think you can just plug anybody in that huddle down 25 and say, all right, guys, let's go start this 25-point comeback. No, you can't. I mean, because what we saw with Matt Ryan, right, like that that sack, that's a brain fart. Like that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a brain fart, for lack of a better well, word. Freeman. Freeman didn't get his block. Mm-hmm. That's because he, he, he wasn't. He definitely didn't wasn't counting on that because he knows this is his block. He's going to pick up the blitz. He's going to pick up high tower, and I'm going to have a little more time. He did pick up high tower. Mm-hmm. So it, it wasn't all on Matt Ryan. No, 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 it's not. 
No, it's not. There's, there's, there's just other things that happens in a game. There's so much goes into one of these championships. This is not all just. Not at all. It's so cool. He just willed them back the victory. I'm I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say so many other things that happen. No, there is. But I mean, the thing is, one. What the thing is, is there's so many things. But one of the elements that has to happen is that the leader in any situation needs to be cool. You know, know, I mean that that's that's just in any situation. No reason for Tom Brady not to be cool, man. He's the. He's cool. Yeah, nah. He's he's you know he's considered. He got all these rings. Considered one of the best quarterbacks ever. Not the best. He got a hot wife. He just he's winning in life. (laughs) It it turned out. It turned out for him. Probably a hundred times as he could ever imagine. So right now, give me your top five quarterbacks. Because I, I know you I know you refuse to put Brady number one. So I'm interested to see, A, who you have number one, and, and then where do you have him at? Um, I got I to gotta put more thought into this one. I mean. Okay, well, then you can just answer that question. Who do you have number one, and then where do you have Brady? Because that's my main point. I don't know. I mean, I, I had, I had, I used to, I used to think Marino was the best quarterback ever. ever. Um, I think yeah, it's a shame I, that like, his you know, name Joe, doesn't come up enough. When I was it, like, man, that. Joe, maybe it's Joe, but I think Marino just throws better. Um, then when Peyton came along, I'm like, man, I've never seen anything like, you know, special. I'm like, man, he, he when he, if he wins the Super Bowl, he's the best. He won one. I'm like, man, Peyton's the best. Then Brady won a few more, but I'm still like, man. This guy Peyton comes back from a neck injury, and he he throws fifty five touchdowns, eight interceptions, then he throws thirty nine, and I'm like, man, this this can't be real. And he won the Super Bowl not playing the best, but I'm like, man, Peyton got to be the best quarterback you know I ever seen. And and now we talk about Aaron Rodgers, and he just got he just hasn't played as much as the rest of them guys, so he got a ways to go. But as far as the eye test, I just feel like. I don't think nobody does anything better than Aaron Rodgers. All the best quarterbacks does does what they're good at. He does everything that they do. He's like a he's like he really is like a real life mixture. And I, I, I want to ask y'all both a question: How do you guys compare um, Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees? Because I see them both as very similar QBs. I see Drew Brees as the modern day Dan Marino, just with a um, a Super Bowl. Uh, mm-hmm. Drew Brees throws the ball seventy yards down the field and hit people's in their hand. And when I say people, we're talking about receivers that are drafted in the seventh round, maybe not even drafted. Uh, Drew Brees is, is mega. Um, amazing. Drew Brees is amazing. Drew Brees also, he'll gamble more. You, you know what I mean? So, for example, you, you'll you say. Everybody will gamble more. Right. And, and then, the but that 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 is good and that's bad. You know, so that, let's, let's look at it this way. There's two things you'll watch a, a, a Drew Brees game, and you'll say, you'll see Tom, him hit. Some guy in stride, 50 yards down the field, and you'll say, "Man, Tom Brady ain't gonna do that." Then he'll hit the he'll hit somebody three, you know, a guy 30 yards down the field, triple coverage, the ball's intercepted, and you'll be like, "Tom Brady ain't gonna do that either." You know what I mean? So it's like it's a, it's a, it goes both ways, you know. So Drew Brees is gonna do a lot of things that Tom Brady can't do, and then he's gonna do a lot of things that Tom Brady wouldn't do that are that are bad. Aaron, I'm, I'm looking at I was looking at some numbers yesterday. I'm looking at Aaron Rodgers' numbers. The amount of touchdowns to the amount of interceptions he throws is unbelievable, man. It is. So it's like, I was looking at other other like other quarterbacks, like even Peyton. Peyton comes out twenty eight off rip and 
you know, he he got he had some years, but he wasn't throwing many either. Later on, because as as he got older, he later on he got a little more, more conservative, you know, better with the interceptions or trying. You know, you trying stuff like you no know, luck. You know, you trying stuff. You trying to make plays. Mm-hmm. He got better with that, but pretty much off rip. Aaron Rodgers just wasn't turning that ball over. He's throwing touchdowns. And you know what? Also, it, but nobody ever really mentions. And I don't know how much it is. I don't know what the difference is. Aaron Rodgers sat for four years. Yeah. And he sat behind a pretty damn good guy, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, I, and I love Brent Favre. I used to didn't like him because I thought he threw too many picks. But, I, I mean, just watching some games, I really, I'm like, man, that, that guy's a football player, man. Oh, he is. Oh, he is. It's, 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 it's no surprise that, you know, John Madden, who we, you know, we think of when you think of football, he, he eat, breathes, and loves some Brett Favre. I mean, if you talk about football, you talk about Brett Favre. There's no, you know, that's the guy if you want to play Thanksgiving football, you want Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. I mean, he 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 absolutely no 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 if ands or buts about that. Um, but to answer your question, a when I, I mean, I, you watch Aaron Rodgers and that dude's amazing. And I just any other quarterback I can name something that they can't do. And Brady couldn't move a. I mean, excuse me, uh, Marino couldn't move a lick. Um, Aaron Rodgers can, can do all of it. I mean, I I really don't his his arm strength until last year. I wasn't even aware that his arm strength was that serious. Like, I, I didn't realize that he could throw a ball 70 yards with a flick of his wrist. Right. And uh, once you factor in mobility, arm strength, accuracy, and seems to have it all upstairs, you know, I'm, to like be honest. got like a super quarterback, basically. Yeah, he's everything, and I haven't given up on him yet. The rest of the world has, and maybe he'll get there eventually. Um, he's everything Andrew Luck is supposed to be. Yeah. Yep, you know what I mean. Andrew Luck's six five exactly. arm strength. Andrew Luck can move. Um, he didn't get the privilege of sitting four years, and he's doing a lot of that. Uh, I mean, I ex- wouldn't call that a privilege. I mean, it, it no, him, but I'm pretty sure he would have rather been out there. Yeah, everybody would. Everybody would. But I do think there is something from learning from behind somebody. Like I do think Steve Young benefited from sitting behind Joe Montana. You know, and I mean, I, I, and I'm sure he benefited more from that than, than Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Brett Favre was on record saying he didn't exactly go out there to mentor Aaron Rodgers, you know, but you still learn. And that's another thing with the with the whole Montana thing. I'm sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. But, and Steve Young came right in after Montana and, and won the Super Bowl. And he, and he was doing some of the same things Montana was doing. So that that's also what kind of was like, uh. But the difference but is, Montana, DJ, they go to Kansas City and, and, and play. But the difference is, Steve but, Young uh, stepped in and won how many Super Bowls? One. Right. And Joe Montana. Well, I mean, at some point in time, that was going to end. I mean, the team broke up. It wasn't. It wasn't going to. It wasn't going to win. You know, eight. But no, say, I mean, but say, that, that Steve Young stuff. teams was loaded too. Yeah. I mean, he got he got he had Jerry Rice and Tio, a monster Tio. Yeah. John Taylor, I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, but yeah, yeah, say, say but he, yeah, that's when those Cowboys teams Marshall, came around. Will Leonard Marshall doesn't hurt Joe Montana. Yeah, and how many rings does Joe Montana have now? Does he have eight, seven? Okay, how about this? Why, why, you're on that. How much longer does? Because if we start here today and I have to put my money on a team to win the Super Bowl, I'm putting my money right. I'm, it's like the roulette thing. I'm gonna leave my money right there on the table, like leave mine right there on yeah. black. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean. Right, yeah, I, w- I would too. <laughs> I mean, it just just leave it right there until. I mean, they haven't back to back though. No, they haven't. But I mean, there's no other team that you feel more confident in. You're not going to say no. Take, I'm not taking the Patriots. I'm taking this team. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
There's no. I mean, they they're just always a more well prepared team. But I do feel like their last two Super Bowls, they should have lost them. They won them because that's just what they do over there. But they 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 won them Super Bowls, and they if it wasn't for stuff that happened that was outside of Tom Brady, they they would have lost both. But yeah. he'll get credit for two or two of them, two more of those rings. So where do you have Tom? So th- did you? So where do you have Tom Brady then? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you just refuse to say anything positive about the boy, huh? Man, no, nah, no. Nah. Tom Brady. <laughs> I feel a lot better about Tom Brady than I used to. Okay. He's gotten a lot better because at first he was the ultimate Alex Smith. Now Tom Brady. <laughs> Alex I mean, he, Smith. My man called Tom Brady Alex Smith. The I mean, dumb Alex Smith. Not turning the ball over. <laughs> You know, stuff. I mean, everybody talk about the twenty-eight and two this year. I mean, what was what was back um, in those Randy Moss Nick days? Foles. That's what, what he Nick was. Foles, you know, a few years ago. I mean, that if you if you in that if you in that offense, they don't ask you to do much. You got some playmakers around you. You get the ball in the hands of the mismatch. You know, it's, it's going to happen. He both his touchdowns he threw when the Super Bowl was within the five yard line. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but when he, but the one year they gave him a target, he he broke NFL records with him. Too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did. Okay, he did. so he can't throw the ball down there if they get open. I, 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 I would have loved him. <laughs> I could have been a quarterback with that oh, team. Oh, my goodness, yeah. <laughs> they, have, go. they have 50 points going spread out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Line. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, all right. What and, and, the, and the other last football news before story before we get out of here, and I actually haven't heard you say anything about this. T.O., they still keep this man out of the, uh, out of the <laughs> Hall of Fame. And that's the one part of the story. And... Yeah. Somehow, some Mike way, Reynolds said he is though. He's a game manager that became a playmaker. How is Tom Brady a game manager? No, he said who came. I don't have a problem with he Thank was you. a game manager who became a, a, yeah. a playmaker. Well, I don't have a problem I, with I, that. You run the system over and over again for 10, 15 years. Like, like I was saying earlier, it's just second nature now. It's just second nature. When they, you just seen every coverage they're going to throw at you. And okay, so this guy's going to do this. Here, take this dump down, you make a play. You yeah, gonna do it again? Okay, here you go. You take this, and make it play. Yeah, I, I don't oh. disagree with that. I don't. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. But um, back to what we were saying. So two parts. Two parts of this. Excuse me. To not being in the Hall of Fame, I think, is a really big issue, and it needs to be addressed. And two, Terrell Davis being in the Hall of Fame is. I, I don't. I don't even get that. And mm-hmm. I'm gonna break it down into two parts. Um, I've been very vocal about the Terrell Davis thing to the point that in our group chat, Dave says you just don't like. Terrell Davis, you're, you're trying to prove a point. I have no beef with Terrell Davis. I don't know Terrell Davis, and I don't really. At no point in time, I mean, that was my era as a kid. At no point in time did I or really anybody say, man, Terrell Davis is an amazing running back. He's, you know, he's putting up amazing numbers. You know, he looks like a Big Ten running back in college, you know, running through these who holes. But I don't even want to take anything away from Terrell Davis. That's, that's not my point. My point is, is that the Hall of Fame, okay, has made it the past that in order to have a Hall of Fame career, you need more than a three-year resume. And the fact is, is that he has a three-year resume. Excuse me. So I don't care what the name is. You know, I, you know, I'm hearing when Calvin Johnson retired after playing 10 years, the question was, did he play long enough to get into the Hall of Fame? And are you serious? Calvin Johnson was the best receiver for a decade. Terrell Davis was a good running back for three. You know, so if, if we've set up that criteria that it takes – these accomplishments, they have numbers, you know, that you have to hit this number, that number. This dude's the 57th all-time leading rusher. You, you know, so, and there's there's so many names that are ahead of him that are deserving. And when I think of three-year careers, 
Priest Holmes was the best running back in football for three years. Uh, Sean Alexander had a hell of a three-year run there. Larry Johnson had a hell of a two-year run there. Jamal Anderson had a hell of a two, three-year run there. I mean, like, there's a lot of guys that you'd be like, man, that was, I mean, Priest Holmes set the NFL rushing rec- uh, touchdown record like three years in a row. You he know, got, so it's got, like he got Elway two chips though. That's fine. His, his 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 two years translated into Super Bowls. Yeah, two of them. That I, that's fine. I, and again, so it's like I'm not here to trash what he did in his two or three years. My beef is that two or three years is not enough to warrant an NFL career. When there are guys who are not in, Edron James isn't in the Hall of Fame. Edron James had Edron James was at, at his worst, the third best running back in football for damn near eight nine years. Rushing titles, you know, all the, you know, receive, never came off the field, caught the ball, ran the ball, pass protect, all of that. I mean, Clint Portis had great three years. I think he did 1,500 yards like three years in a row or something like that. Ricky Williams had monster three years. There's a lot of people. Fred Taylor had great three years. MJD, Maurice Jones Jew had great three years. So, again, my beef isn't with Terrell Davis. It's with a three-year span and you somehow being in the Hall of Fame. And then on the flip side of that coin is, you got a guy in Terrell Davis, I mean, excuse me, in Terrell Owens, who's, I don't believe, lower than five in any statistical category for receiver. Okay, and the receiver conversation goes like this. Jerry Rice, and then two guys, Randy Moss and Terrell Owens. That's the receiver conversation. And then there's the rest, of, and, then, and, then, and then you can sort out the rest after that. You know what I mean? But th- there's, there's an undisputed number one, and there's... Pick your personal choice whether you like Randy Moss or Terrell Owens for that two spot. And for you to not be in the Hall of Fame is just is just ridiculous. And how do we get to the point where the game's ultimate uh, reward is determined by some who have never even played the sport, writers with ulterior motives, egos, I'll show him. That, that, that's that's just wrong all all the way around. Just wrong that the ultimate, the ultimate individual award is rewarded by people with ulterior motives and grudges. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I think it's sad, and 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 I, I know how Tio feel. Like he said, he was like, at this point, it don't even matter. Me getting it. Oh, it like, matters. He says that, but it matters. It does, but but I get him. The disrespect, the disrespect is 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 just there. Um, I remember I had to go to like a little Korean camp a few years ago, and so they bring a lot of guys in, and it's like ten teams, eleven teams. They draft, they draft two players, one first round, one second round, and I felt like I killed this camp. I'm like, probably I'm the only person look like I separated myself for this camp, and so first few picks go by. I'm like, damn, they didn't get me. So by the time into the first round, I just left out of there. I'm in the hallway talking to <laughs> so. <laughs> This team, the team that drafted first, they wanted to, you know, draft me. And, and the dude who they drafted first, he's my mate. He's like, come on, man. I was like, man, tell them dudes don't even draft me, man. And it was good money. I'm like, man, tell them dudes don't even draft me, man. I just felt disrespected. I'm like, man, who these dudes they just picked? I absolutely destroyed this. And, and at this point, you're a, you're an NBA nine, you're, you're an NBA veteran, lottery pick. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. are you really doing this to me? And even, not even that. I mean, I, I, I I'll play them. The camp. It was, yeah. It was, it was crazy. And and Terrell, like, man, everybody knows what I did. And they say it with their own eyes. And and now 
my more my third go around and you want to try to throw me in there now and I've been one of the best ever mm-hmm. and it's just it's just disrespecting I don't even know if he did he even get into it with any media guys I thought he gave the media stories all the time I thought he was great with the media now he might have had some problems with a few teammates um them not would have been it's crazy I saw on first take, which was really weird, and I was interested to see how it was, when they I see the topic and I see the guest is Donovan McNabb. And yeah. I'm like, hmm, see what Donovan has to say. Donovan I was I said, said it. I was curious, too. And I was like, I'd be interested to see. And Donovan stood his ground on, like, I'm not going to take back and sit here and tell you this guy's a great teammate and try and sugarcoat it and say he's, you know, a great guy and all of that. But I can tell you what he is. He's a Hall of Fame football player. Yeah. You know what I mean? He said, I can tell you what that dude has done is compete. And he, what his exact words is, every time he goes out there, he dominates his opponent. That, that was Donovan's exact words. He and goes he out there. He made and he, all their receivers better. Right. And he dom- and, and that's what it is. It, it, it's laughable. And I, I don't think it's right that, you know, these 40-old, 50, I, I don't even want to get into describing what these people look like or they are because that's going to end up wrong. But you know what I'm getting at. And it's that you guys get to decide who's a Hall of Fame player, and who's not. And it's almost kind of like, Terrell Davis was a nice guy. Let's reward him. <laughs> T.O. was a bad guy. Make him wait in the hallway. You, you know, that's what it's come down to. You right. know what I mean? Like, so-and-so was always very friendly and gave us the interviews. We'd love to have him. You know, right. welcome to the NFL. Welcome to the Hall of Fame guy. And then it's, oh, no, no, no. You don't get to just turn your nose up at us for 20 years and see who gets the last laugh. Right. You, you know, and those those guys right now who who are keeping Terrell out of the Owens out of this Hall of Fame are sitting back loving it, loving this attention, loving the I get to show you, and we will decide when it's your because he will get into the Hall of Fame, but it's like we'll decide when you get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think it's complete BS. And and, and another story on this subject is funny because it's, it's this is more of a better comparison is when 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 AI got in. Um, you know, he FaceTimed me, you know, he was excited, damn near crying, telling me how he loved me, man, I'm in, I'm in. I'm like, man, we knew. That's so weird, right? Nothing. That is so weird. He, he was like, man, you never know. You see how they did T.O. You never know. They could have did me that way. And I was like, you are right about that, bro. Iverson's a rock star, though. Iverson's a rock star. I mean, they could. But he got, he probably got more stuff than T.O., like off the court. Kind of oh stuff. no, no if and but he did go yeah. slam at the media. He he yeah. and still did, I mean he still went he went straight at the media. But one, the NBA Hall of Fame is a lot easier to get into than the NFL Hall of Fame. Let's start there. Um but two, it is weird that a lot of these guys who you know are locks for the Hall of Fame, you always hear about when I got that phone call, you know, I cried or I did this, and you're thinking in your head, like, so you really thought you weren't gonna be in the Hall of Fame? And that was my question. You know, when, when I saw, when I ran into um, Iverson over at the house, this was, what, a year after he'd been inducted? And still, I said, what's that on your finger? What? This? The ring? Here, take it off. I was like, you, you remember? He said, here, sure, hey, sh- hey, look at it, look at it. Man, like, it's a, and he talks about it as if, like, like it's a new baby. You know, like, yeah, he loves he that wears, Hall of Famer. He wears it every day. He said he's not taking it off. And and when it happened, he was like, man, I'm in, man. They can't, they can't take that from me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I tried to get back in the league a few times and you know now they like f me and they could have continued to be like f me because you know he felt like he still could have played more years and you know they they kind of turned their back on him and once he got that you know that stamp right there in that hall of fame 
You know, he took that ring off. Yeah, he was he was emotional about that. And seeing personally, not even behind the camera, seeing personally the joy that Allen Iverson carries and the pride that he carries about being a Hall of Famer, knowing mm -hmm. that and seeing that makes you feel bad that T.O. doesn't get to feel that exact same thing. And he's, he, if, he, he deserves if, it just as much as he does. I wonder if Allen, I'm asking this, if they the way, if, if he don't get in, if they the way to his third time eligible to get in, would it meant the same? I think Iverson, if they didn't let Iverson in on the first time, my guess is that he would have told them what they can do with themselves. That'd be my, that would be my yeah, guess. That's what I'm saying. That's what T.O. was like at this point. It don't even matter. I mean, that, that would be my guess is that he would tell him, if you don't think I'm a Hall of Famer, you must mm -hmm. be out of your mind. You know what I mean? Especially when there's some of the names that have been in there and you just be like, oh, no, nah, you have completely lost your mind. What's the T.O. thing? I mean, the T.O. thing when, with, the T, with the Terrell Davis thing, and you can say, oh, you know, Terrell Davis is on his seventh ballot or whatever. I don't give a damn what ballot he's on. He was on the exact same one Terrell was on, and somehow he got more votes. <coughs> yeah. You, you know what I mean? I mean, I could, I mean, Arian Foster. And Foster had a great three years. And Foster had more than a great three years. And I think he had his league MVP in there somewhere. And, you know, he did everything. He caught the ball, too, and did all of that. I mean, it, it, if we were just to start putting in people who had great three years, that Hall of Fame would be pretty full pretty fast. Right. And, and, and you know, here's a guy in T.O. who had a great career, start to finish. I mean, I, I'm willing to bet that right now, T.O. is better than some receivers in the NFL. Right now, today. Well, it's funny you bring that up, man. T.O. is a freak. So, I'm... Um... Um, one of my friends posted on Instagram, Pat the Rock. Shout out to Pat the Rock. He um he played in a in a, a T.O. celebrity game out there um in the Super Bowl. He had wanted me to go, but you know I couldn't make it. So he put up a a, a, um, a highlight. He throws a alley oop off the backboard. T.O. goes up and dunks with two hand with ease. I'm like, man, this dude, this dude. How old is T.O.? T.O.'s probably. I, I want to say he was almost 39 when he went out the league. So Tio's right. probably forty-five, right? You know what I mean. He catching lobs off the backboard. Oh, and I'm sure he looks like he probably looks like a superhero too. I mean, he's probably cut yeah. all the way up in an imperfect. You know, yeah. I'm betting he's yeah. at probably a good eight percent body fat right now, if even that. I was impressed. You know what I'm saying? I'm thirty-six, and had he thrown that to me, I, I, I mean, I probably could have caught it. But it's like, <laughs> I'm a lot taller and a lot younger than Tio, and he did that very easy. Yeah, nah, Tio is, is definitely a freak. Now, here's the so the, the million dollar question everybody keeps asking is, are they going to do Randy like that? Here's the difference: Randy has transitioned. Randy is now a part of the media, mm -hmm. so a lot of these same people who are voting are now Randy's coworkers, mm -hmm. and they like him. And they're getting to see a side of Randy that we never got to see a T.O. Rand, watch Randy get in first ballot. Of course. Watch Randy get in first ballot. Of course. He should be. No, he, he absolutely should be. No no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But to, to, to go to your point, in their primes, you are much like, more likely to get an interview from T.O. than you are from Randy Moss. So if you're talking about who was bad to the media... You, you know what I mean? And who and who did X, Y, and Z. Now, I think T.O. is five times a team. I mean, excuse me. I think Randy's five times a teammate. Uh, T.O. is. You, you know what I mean? There's no denying T.O.'s effect in the locker room. I mean, that's... See, I just don't, I just don't know how true that is because they, they, just, they just boost everything up so much. You know what I mean? I've seen T.O. T.O. cried on the podium because you're talking about his quarterback. Right. Like, and there's That's like an ultimate teammate to me, you know what I'm saying? But, but he of, just lets of, you know how it feels. You passing the ball, the witness a little too much, bro. I'm open. I'm out here busting my butt every day, and I'm open. Like I'm the best player out here. Just give me the ball. 
and he just say how he feel, and they blowing it up. But at the same time, it's the same dude to cry for you. Yeah, but here's the difference, though, DJ, is that I don't doubt, and, and what Donovan said, there's a lot of people who love T.O. to death, and then there's a lot of people who can't stand him. You know what I mean? So just because, you know, you say, man, I would die for this teammate. I, you know, I, and the guy's amazing. He's a great teammate to me. And then you ask another guy, worst teammate I ever had. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I wouldn't die for him. I wouldn't even piss on him if he was on fire. You know what I mean? And I think that that's the difference. Whereas, though, everything you've never heard, really, any, everybody said Randy, you know, love him. You know, whatever the case may be. Like, you know, X, Y, and Z in the media. I mean, T.O. divided locker rooms. I mean, that's what he did. There's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. And, again, I think we never heard anybody really say T.O. was lying. You know, it was always just like, yo, dude, you don't need to say that. You know, it's not, I, think, I don't think T.O. makes stuff up. Because he wants attention. I think it's a thing like, yo, that's like the 15th time you pass the Witten. Um, I'm going to say something. Nobody else might not say anything. But I'm going to say something. You, you know what I mean? And, you know, that Donovan McNabb stuff in the Super Bowl. I don't know how many other people would have felt comfortable saying, I'm not the one who threw up. You know, there was, there was 10 other people in that huddle. Nobody else mentioned that. You know what I mean? And stuff like that. But, I mean, T.O., even, I mean, you remember that Super Bowl? The dude had a broken leg, came back, yeah. and, and pretty much Ooh. dominated the Super Bowl? Absolutely. He's on that Adrian Peterson, my body's not like yours type stuff where it's just like, forget, you know, whenever Adrian Peterson legs falls off and they're like, he may never walk again. He's like, I'll be back in October. See you. <laughs> you know, it's just like. Did you notice on first take when Donovan was on there and Max was like, you know, Tio was the best player in that Super Bowl. And Donovan made that face like, no, he wasn't. We're not going to get into that, though. Basically. He, Max did that on purpose. Max did that. Max knew what he was doing. Max knew exactly what he was doing. He I tried mean, to. He wasn't lying. I mean, he, he probably was the best player out there that game. It's funny. I feel like every time they have Donovan on there, they they I feel like they bait him a lot. You know, they're like, they, they, when they threw the Eli thing out there, and he just shook his head and they're like, "What Donovan? Yes, I'm say about Eli. Got something to say about Eli?" And he's right. like, "I mean, hey, like, you know, what I mean, he's like, he's just biting his tongue. Like, are you guys serious right now with the Eli stuff?" And and Max is like, "Huh? Say something. Say something." And they do that a lot because, you know, then that begins, that, that gets the ratings. Donovan McNabb says, Eli this, T.O. that. And, you know, they, they, they set those little traps out there for him. I like Donovan on there. He's pretty good. He says a lot of, he, says a lot of uh, he speaks his mind for the most part. And even when he bites his tongue, he sticks his tongue out before he bites it. You know what I mean? Like, he'll be like, uh, all right, if that's what you want to say, I don't agree, but okay. Right. He, you know, so, which is, I, I mean, I like that. I like that. And, and, I, and just to move on. To that that's not right what they're doing to the boy. That's not that's not right to the boy. Got a good amount of uh, yes. Delano said Max is poking the bear. Got a lot of comments today. Shout out to my cousin uh, Lloyd listening. He was out there uh, working for the Falcons for the Super Bowl. I've been following you on Facebook because he was posting all the way up, and the whole Atlanta was definitely lit and uh, kind of just fell down. I wonder what the temperature is in Atlanta down there. I guess you can let me know since you're down there. I wonder if. If they're happy with this because, you know, nobody was expecting this or you kind of feel like, man, these dudes just let us off the hook. We were, you know, we were up. They had, they were half, half, one half of football away from being Super Bowl champs. I yeah, wasn't was, even really. And then we was burying the Patriots already. It was like I'm somewhere watching it. And we was like, yeah, this is, this is over until they scored. I said, oh. Mike said, Reynolds. Sorry. Got BS, Coleman gets hurt. Le'Veon Bell gets hurt. I'm like, man, he come to, the BS always happens. Um, Mike Reynolds says something that I 100% agree with, and then we'll move off of this, but ask you another question about it. He said that ex-players should vote for the Hall of Fame, and I, I agree with that. I, I definitely agree with either ex-players or your current peers should vote about that. Mm -hmm. Now, 
on the flip side of that coin, I want to ask you this, DJ, as a as an NBA player. So for years, <coughs> the NBA players were con- complaining about um, the fan voting for the All Star game, right? And that you know they shouldn't have a say. They don't know what's going on. Leave it up to the to the players. Now for the first year, they put out there the fan. They let the players vote, and they were worse than the fans. So you ask yourself. I'm asking you. What is that? How so? How so? That in the league with uh, slightly under 400 players, 170 of them left LeBron off the ballot. That's how so. <laughs> 140 of them didn't vote for KD. That's how so. Okay, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, and you know, you start seeing names like Deladova got nine votes. That's how so. <laughs> okay, so like, what what is it that? At 170, again, like I said, 170 in a league with just under 400 players, it's almost 50% of the players did not vote for LeBron James. What is that about? Not taking it seriously. They don't like him. They don't care. It's, it didn't matter to them. Well, and, and I, I mean, like, I see that, and you said to yourself, at what point are you like, yeah, at the three, I'm going to go with uh, Porter. Like over LeBron, yeah, man. Porter's played, man. He's, he's done. He's earned it. <laughs> You're just like, really? Like, yeah, man. He's a good guy too. I like him. He was over his house the other day. Hell, I'll play with him. I man, it's always will be that way. Just like you say with the fans, and you got you got you know in Toronto, Drake lobbying for Kyle Lowry, and and you know and, and back in China where you got everybody in the world voting for Yao Ming and Yao Ming's teammates. <laughs> yeah, and his teammates. You know and that that's it, it ends up being. That sort of thing with where they're just voting for their players and of their teams. Yeah, I mean, it is it is you know. So I'm listening today, and okay, last week we discussed Charles Barkley and LeBron getting into it, and we just kind of laughed and said, you know, LeBron went a little personal with it, but it is what it is. Today, I hear Draymond Green has a whole lot to say about Charles Barkley, and at what point you're like, stop it. This is like ridiculous. There's no reason that Draymond Green should be saying anything about Charles Barkley. Um, that Charles Barkley should not be allowed to talk about champions. And then just a whole bunch of lists to basically discredit Charles Barkley on some like, who are you type stuff. Yeah. And on Charles Barkley's worst day would be Dray- Draymond Green's best day. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so it's like, you wonder, are these people... It's a new generation. And like you said, when you went back to Cincinnati, those young kids out there just had no idea who you were. You just have no idea about anything that preexisted you. And is it that, yo, Draymond Green really just has no idea what Charles Barkley was. And, you know, you sit up there and it's been a decade now that you've seen Charles on TNT and they laugh. And, you know, you make fun of how, how fat he is and how slow he is and, you know, yeah. what he is now. And you get into these young kids be like, oh, you know, he was just some guy. And like, mm, mm-mm. He was not just some guy. They they gotta know I me mean, because but if if you got if you got Charles, you know coming at you all the time, you know saying this crazy stuff, then you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna defend yourself. I mean, not to disrespect him, but Charles does say some you know some crazy things. You know, I had to sit down and meet with Charles when I was in Atlanta. You said you, you know, had to sit down and meet with Charles. I had, I had to, yeah, I have to, but I, you know I did. It was a uh, some New York some New York um, reporter. He just asked me random questions in New York. He's like, man, you're going to play against Michael and this, this, and that. And, you know, what are you going to try to do when you play against him? I'm like, man, Michael was my hero, you know, growing up. He was 
the reason I'm playing this, this and that, you know, I love Michael. So when you get a chance to play with him, what are you going to do? Say, I don't know, probably just try to, you know, cross over and, you know, go to the basket and, you know, duck or something. And so it comes out, DeMar says he's going to just cross Mike and dunk on him, this, this and that. <laughs> <laughs> he hyped it up, so I'm crazy. I'm like, you made this like I was talking trash about Mike. I'm like, that's absurd. Why would I do that? Did you call him on it? Or you never saw him again? Nah, I seen him, but I ain't. You, you've seen him too. He's he's now he he be on TV sometimes. Like he, every now and then, I see him pop up. So Charles, I got to think Charles said something on TV, and they was talking about oh, Demar talking about my best friend Mike. Man, Demar can't play some some stuff he was saying. I don't. I ain't even really hear my mom. <laughs> my mom was a little upset. She called my agent and she called. I don't know if she tried to call. <laughs> <laughs> mom tried to call the TNT. So, like <laughs> so, my agent, you know we. We we um we um went and sat down with Charles at the Four Seasons in, in Atlanta. We, just, we were just talking all night. Charles like, man, you know, Mike's my guy. I'm just taking it from my guy. It wasn't nothing, no big deal. He was just saying, he was just talking trash. You know, I mean, Vince Carter always acting like he heard Vince the worst player in the league. Just talking trash. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, basically just being Charles. And you gotta know that's Charles. I I couldn't but agree with you can't more. Take, can't take all that, but it's different when you got when you every morning when you got like. Stephen A. and and they they getting on you crazy every morning and you know skip with LeBron and stuff like that. That's at some point in time you got to clap back. Charles just be up there. Do you though? At, at, at certain point, at number one in this, you do have to realize one: these guys get paid to talk. Let, let's 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 start with that. They get paid to talk and they get paid handsomely to talk. Two, they not only get paid to talk, they get paid to entertain. Okay, mm-hmm. so I we've heard. Um, Ahmad Rashad, he got ran out of the industry because Ahmad Rashad, everybody was Ahmad Rashad's guy. Nobody stunk. Everybody was good. Everybody was great. That's not entertaining. What about the 12th man on the bench? Man, that's my guy. That's my guy, man. He's good, man. He's good. Yeah, you, know, one of, you know, he's good. Bill Walton. You remember watching the Bill Walton games? There's no way you can stop Ostertag. That guy's amazing. Every big man, that guy's amazing. And you just be like, Bill, everybody's not amazing. All right? Like, they're not all amazing. And so, and Barkley... He's pretty consistent in that he speaks foolishness. You know what I mean? He just says whatever he feels like saying. No real regards. You know, hey, DeMar Johnson is some trash. Is he? I don't know. I never even met the kid. Just felt like saying right. it. You, you know what I mean? Like, right. just felt like right. saying it. No idea. Your kid might be great. How the hell would I know? You right. know, never even never even heard of him. Just felt like saying it. You know, and that's Charles. When, <laughs> when you know it's Charles, you know he's screwing around and he's entertaining. But then when you got guys... Like Skip. Skip definitely is it just hates LeBron and wakes yeah. up in the morning and goes to bed thinking about LeBron. Right. And, and you and even and Steven, you know, you got them kind of guys and every morning they're they're not talking from a standpoint where more so Steve because Skip just, you know, he let it know it's his bias. But mm-hmm. he he's talking from a point like he knows exactly what he's talking about and this is, you know, actual what he's saying. It's not a bias. Uh, 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 or, or anything, and he's not, it's not clowning around. It's just this is what I do. I've been doing it for these many years. I know what I'm talking about, and then you know, say something outrageous. Yeah, I mean, and, and but it's part of that, I, a lot of them, I don't know, Skip, if he might be the best actor ever because he sure he looks like he believes everything he says. But I mean, I know a lot of it has to be ratings driven. I mean, it has to be. Yeah, I would think so. But he he does a great job of selling it that he believes it. I mean, Skip yeah. can watch LeBron go for 100 with 100 assists and 100 points, and he will show up the next morning with 15 points about why that was a bad game. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, he, you know, he just wasn't, no, I wasn't impressed. I mean, I kind of get that. I mean, I used to be critical of certain guys, too, certain guys that's good. Even even now with Brady, you know, you hear most, most of the play, people talk about he's the best now, and I'm sitting here like, hey, I watched the game begin last night, and it'd be, I was getting some wings at Buffalo Wild Wings, and the game was on. And, you know, watching it, sober watching, just making sure I, you know, like, <laughs> Make I'm sure you miss anything. Because that's how we get mixed up. We're... Because even with fights and, and sports that we all get together, we all drink and we're arguing all the time and not really breaking down mm. and a lot of old games. I was doing that the other night. And I'm just and I'm just saying like, man, there's no way, no way, no way in the world. Just the best quarterback ever, ever live. That's just what I'm thinking. <laughs> but you got most of the world saying like, man, you're crazy if you don't think he's the best ever. And I just don't see it. Suck. So and I don't feel like I'm. I don't feel like that. That's all bias. You know, we just like Skip getting point out all the bad stuff with LeBron, even though he had a great game. I think I we've, I think, think we've, I think we've gotten to the points in sports now where too much emphasis in in team sports is placed on this 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 ring thing. It just really is. It's it's getting to the point where it's the end all be all. You know what I mean? It's getting to the point now where people are debating Draymond Green, Charles Barkley. You know what I mean? You'd be like, you're joking, right? But, Charles never won anything. Draymond won a ring. And you say to yourself, like, wow, how did we and get here? Draymond lucked up in a situation. He could have easily not be in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no planet that Draymond Charles. Yeah, there's no planet that Draymond Green and Charles Barkley's names are mentioned in the same orbit. You know, I mean, like, not even not even close. Mm-hmm. You, you know, but it's like this ring debate. It's just, it's just ring, ring, ring. And whereas though right now, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a ring, people will be sitting about how eh, it's not really that good. You know, it's not really that good, and and it's and it's crazy. You know that that, that that's how it's it's the end all be all in a in team sports now. We're it's talking about team sport. sports, where so much has to go on. Now, if you want to have that debate in tennis or golf, sure, have at it. It's Bro. you know it's a one man show. Yep. But I mean, yep. Charles Barkley, and you go back and watch those those the, all six of those games in the finals against Mike when he's on the Sun. Charles balled. It's not mm-hmm. like Charles didn't show up. Charles showed up. Yeah. He, he lost to a better player on a better team. He's the MVP that year, I think. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and showed up and played yeah. like one. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, the, I do feel like too much now, every sport debate ends. And it's almost like instead of having any substance in your argument, just say rings. You know, Tom Brady's the best quarterback. All right, why? He's got five rings. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay, what if Joe Montana don't get hurt? Maybe he ain't get more. But, I mean, it's, 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 all, it's the ultimate team game. When they, guys talk about certain guys choked, I heard them talk about Stephen Curry didn't, you know, didn't play well in the finals or he choked. Or if, you, if you're a great team and you have great coaching and players, it's your job to make sure what they do best, they don't do best against you. Mm-hmm. You, stop, you stop Steph or you stop Peyton Manning or you stop Aaron Rodgers. That's, that's your job. But now, if you got a team full of people who can make up for that and they're not one-dimensional, that's harder to do. But when you just got this certain certain superstar that they rely so heavy on and you take that away and other guys can't step up, then no, you're not going to have as many rings or as many championships as, you know, the team that just went into the game more prepared. Don't make you less a better player than the, the, the person in your position on the other side. They're just more prepared. Can can you talk about the difference between being the defense's focal point versus being a guy that nobody's paying attention to? And when, and when I bring that up is that 
in typical DC sports fashion, nobody can ever just be having a good year or be doing good. They have to just take it one step far. So, you know, you're sitting in our sports talk group and it's, man, Porter's playing really good. You know, he's having a good year. And they, yeah, you know, he's doing, finally coming around. And Otto Porter, yeah. And then one guy says, you know, I think he's top five. Another guy says, really? Yeah, he's, he's better than Melo. And you start thinking, are you out of your mind? <laughs> you know what I mean, like, are you, are you really out of your mind? And I don't know if you saw that in the, in the, in the sports talk group that there was, and Kyle and myself was like, are you serious right now? And people are like, yeah, you know, he's really playing good. And, and then I just had to say, do you realize that in this great breakout monster, ginormous season that Otto Porter's having, right? This is great season that he's having. He's averaging 14 points a game. Like, do you realize that if Carmelo averaged 14 points a game, people would be telling him you should have, like, beyond retired. Probably wouldn't even be in the NBA if he averaged yeah. 14 points a game. Okay? So it's like you got to – the difference between being where Melo is and where Otto Porter is is like, you know, when you play the Wizards, you have to stop John Wall, you have to stop Bradley Beal, and then if you have spare time, you start worrying about Otto Porter. You play the Knicks or whatever team Carmelo's on, duty number one is stop Carmelo Anthony. Night and day. Am I wrong? You're right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Go ahead. What were you about to say? You know how people are, man. We, everybody, <laughs> I wish everybody in the world just really thought logically and unbiased and unemotional. Yes. Just logic, but that's just not the word that we're living in. And, and, and sometimes it just makes it more entertaining if everybody just sit around and agree, you know, <laughs> whatever thing you say, then, you know, we can't have sports debates. It's it just so funny, and more times than not, it happens in this area. So many times we'll see a guy, right, and you'll say, man, this guy is playing amazing. He's doing so good. He's having such a breakout year, and he's doing this. And you'll, I mean, he's really coming to his own. I mean, he's definitely looking like a max player. And then you pull up, and it's like, dude, average like 17 points. And then you'll be like, you know, but so-and-so, just not really. Yeah, they're done, washed up. He averaged 24. And, and it's just like, you right. realize that, <laughs> that this guy who was just having, you know, Jawan Howard. Man, he, he, dude, he balled that year. He balled, man. He's, he's, Juwan was like 17 and 8. Right? And, and then you say another guy, like, yeah, that guy's washed up. And he'd be like, he's doing like 24 and 12. And that's, and that's what I was saying earlier. Sometimes a lot of these guys are just playing against their own expectations. Mm, yes. Yeah, these other guys who had no expectations, mm-hmm. and they surpass your expectations by so much, you start to put them up like, you know, they're doing something so great. When this other person who doing still doing way more than them, but you expect more of them, you think this guy's better. And the thing is, is like the whole narrative is that you know Melo's washed up and he's done and he's over the hill. And at at this age, and his over the hill is about twenty three points a game and seven or eight rebounds. And you realize that you hand that to just about any other player, and you're talking about how they're taking over the league. Let Draymond Green average twenty three points a game, and we're talking about. He needs his own team, all NBA. Is it, it might be his team over Steph's. You know, we're getting all of that. Now, while we're on the topic of Melo, real quick before we get out of here, your boy Phil is, is just going out of his way to try and, I guess, it, it seems like a calculated step to try and get him to waive his no-clause trade and get out of there. Because he now is just taking unsolicited shots at him almost weekly, if not daily. Yeah, I feel like that's baby basically what it is, what you just said, that he can't trade Melo unless Melo consents it. And, and so now it's like, 
you're trying to you're trying to force him out. You're trying to force him to be like, man, they're they're making it so uncomfortable for me here that I'm gonna wave this thing and you know and let them and just let them get me out of here so I don't have to deal with it. I feel like that's what's going on. And what do you think? How do you think that ends? Um, it's hard to say. It's hard to say because it's really all on Melo. If you can find a good trade for him somewhere, you know, the Clippers are somewhere where he got a chance to win. He's in a, you know, a city that he likes and a deal that he want to be in. Then if I'm Melo, yeah, I'll do that. But you're not just shipping me anywhere. I'll, I'll deal with you. <coughs> Whatever little shots you throwing at me on Twitter to the media, I'm still getting paid. I'm still in New York. And there's nothing you can actually do about that. You'll be gone before me because I have no trade clause. So if you find either find me somewhere I want to be, <laughs> right, or you know buy me out, let me go where I want to be and get my money, or basically leave me alone because you don't really I, I control. I have the cars in this in this situation. I I agree 100. percent Now two different scenarios. One. The Cavaliers just seem to be the team that keeps coming up, even despite LeBron and Kevin Love both saying hogwash. If for somehow, some way, I don't even know what that cap number would be, they're able to get Melo and keep Love. Do you take is that Cavs team better than that Golden State team? Me. Melo, Love, Kyrie. Uh, how, Mel- how do they do that? How do they get Melo and keep Love? Well, if they if they want to buy if they Thompson buy Melo off makes Melo. money. Jr. Smith makes money. There's a lot of guys over there getting paid handsomely. But if 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 New York can buy Melo off, Melo just decides to go there. Melo can basically take nothing. You said say it again. If Melo can get a buyout and decides to go there, he can take nothing. I don't even think it's, the I mean Melo just Melo's got three more years left. That buyout would be like like eighty ninety million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of money, man. It is. I mean, uh, that, wow. And woo! I don't. The Melo would be the luckiest man on the oh, planet. I, I don't see that happening, but. Yeah. Now, if you're the Cavs, would you trade Kevin Love and what you have for Carmelo? Here's my thing, and I'll go first then. I do think Carmelo is a better player than Kevin Love, and I'm not even 100% positive with that. But. After already winning a championship with Kevin Love, um, Kevin Love is playing better right now than he did last year. Um, he's having a great season. Um, I, you would know more than me, but I, I don't know if you just uproot that chemistry to just add a guy like Melo. I think, I think it works more for the Golden State series, probably. A better Kevin. fit. Kevin doesn't do do great against Golden State, um, and they they switch everything anyway on on a pick and roll against Golden State. I think the mellow thing, and, it, and you can match, you can try to match their their points. Um, you know, LeBron would just you know have to get more rebounds, but I don't know if that works well for um, like like Toronto or. Or the Wizards or anything like that, it might work. It might work better for go to state, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't make that deal though. You wouldn't make the trade though, right? I wouldn't make. The just trade. leave it with, with what what we got. I mean, we just want a championship. Just leave it as it is. I like. I, I like. 
I like him with the Clippers more so than Cleveland. It, now the Clippers, in order for that to work, you still need to keep your three as well. And I'm not, like, I, I don't feel like trading Blake Griffin for Carmelo solves any of your problems at all. I think it's the exact same team. Well, well, the difference is, I think, well, you know, Melo needs the ball in his hand, and sometimes Blake, the ball gets sticky with him too. Is the Melo could just get could get it all quicker? I don't think Melo got to hold it as much. You can if Melo send a pick for Chris Paul. Yeah, the pick and, and pop all day. Yeah, he can he can shoot the ball easy. You know, Blake might catch it. Right. You know, pump fake, then try to go through his yeah. legs, back down, and all that yeah. stuff. Whereas though, Melo will just shoot it. Yeah, because he, he gets his shot off quicker. Yeah, no, no doubt. He definitely can create his own shot. Whereas though, that's not Blake's strong point. But and that Blake be- can. It just takes him a while. But I don't think that Melo, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Jordan knocks off Golden State. Well, they they don't they haven't beaten Golden State in a very long time. Yeah, with the half. Nah, so, matter of fact, it's like Golden State makes it a point to beat the hell off the out of them yeah. every time they play. Yeah, they embarrassed them, them boys. So it's, I, I feel like it's something that they they got to do. Yeah, there's definitely something. There's there's no if ands or buts. I mean, the thing is, is that when the the team that won seventy two games last year adds a league MVP, yeah, everybody needs to do something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you definitely can't sit there and be like, "We're good." Like, yeah, they yeah. were good before, and they added and they got better. But what, what, what I think though is last year in the finals, Cleveland just really exposed the Warriors. They they switched all the picks. It's and, and Clay and Steph couldn't get off any open shots at all. So any shots, any shots they shooting got to be contested because they're switching off and everything. Yeah. Before. Teams, they're not switching everything, so they get confused by all these picks and cuts to the basket, and Cleveland switched everything and exposed them. So I feel like this year they needed to add a guy like Kevin who can create his own shot without having to come off of a script, come off a screen. And, and by it's them, cool. and by them, we mean Harrison Bars. <laughs> when we say expose them, yeah. expose yeah. Harrison. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, Harrison Bar- if Harrison Barnes can even remotely resemble an NBA shooter, I mean, remotely, I mean, what did he shoot like? In the teens? I don't even think it was in the teens. It's not horrible. All, all, all Harrison Barnes had it does make a few more shots. Like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if he shoots, if Harrison Barnes shoots 30% from the floor, not the three, from the floor, yeah. you, you know, they win a championship. You know, if he just makes He, he just missed wide open shots, basically. Yeah, I mean, because you're right. It became, you know, we just don't let Steph and Clay see the, see the basket and yeah. let these other guys wide open, and we'll live with that. And Harrison Barnes yeah. just decided, that's cool. I just won't make any shots. I mean, um, <laughs> His defense, I mean, I'm pretty sure he, when he shot him, he wanted to make him even this <laughs> That's the nicest thing. Slim is always going to find the Slim. In his defense, I'm sure he wanted to make them. He's I, not, you know, he's not missing them, the shots on purpose, all I'm saying. All right, well, anything else you had to say before we got out of here? Hey, DJ, A1? Um, did you see, did you see the thing? I think Draymond and Katie got a little Yes, short. yes, yes. I, I. I text you that because I want to talk about it, and then I end up completely. I don't. I guess because I didn't text it to myself. I, I you forgot see what about Draymond that. Draymond said. Draymond said it was a tactic that he used. Yeah, I think that's corny. I, I, now, when I first see it, I'm thinking in my head, I, I I hate this era where everything is something, and everybody's. What does this mean? What does this mean? And I I typed when I saw it on Facebook, and I said the names where I I tagged. I said, "Me, Black, and Los do this three times a day." You know what I mean? Like, 
and we're not even competing against anything. Mm-hmm. But you can yet, yeah, I mean, amongst ourselves, DJ, we'll sit there and go right at it, boom, 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 and then be like, all right, you coming over? You know, I mean, like, nothing. You know you know what I mean? So to think that, and we're not even competing against anything. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing's at stake, nothing. So I'm watching that, and I see two people at no point in time that it looked like, now we've seen things with DeMarcus, other teammates where it's like, uh, now he tried to punch him. You know, like, that. that's something. But right. two people yelling at each other, and both times, they're close, and I don't see anybody looking threatened. And, and K, K, to, to prove the point, Draymond Green is sitting down, right? Draymond, Kevin, Kevin Durant is standing over top of him. Now, DJ, you know good as me. If you got beef with somebody and y'all yelling, you're not going to stand over top of me. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. Now, if you, DJ, are standing over top of me and you're yelling, I don't care because there's no situation that involves you punching me. You, you know what I mean? So it's like that's how I read that. Mm-hmm. What about yeah, you? Yeah, but we believe. I mean, we just don't know what it, what was said. I mean, I seen Max talk about it earlier, and Max was just like, you know, that's a bad sign. Where you know Draymond is just the leader of the team; he's no better than the fourth best player, and you gotta have him do that. And you know, and I'm like, that's just Draymond. Right, like, right, right. They're not asking him to do that. They don't need him to do that. Like Draymond said, it was a tactic. Fine. I mean, Draymond's just being Draymond. He's extra. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think that if you put a microphone in front of Draymond, which he loves, he's going to talk. He's not going to say, nothing to see here. That's what KD is going to say. Nothing to see here. Next question. Nothing to see here. Draymond doesn't want that because then you might leave. Now, what I strategically did was I wanted him to know that, that I was testing him and proving. And it's just like, who are you kidding? You know what I mean? Some people, Draymond falls in the category of people who like to hear themselves talk. Right. And, I mean, like I said, he might have just said something, and Katie's like, man, don't talk to me like that. Excuse me. I don't know how you talk to these other guys around here. <laughs> you ain't, you ain't going to talk to me that way. Uh, and I, that was it. I, I don't make much of it, especially considering, like I said, I mean, two pen that both were heated, and they, they stepped back out on the court and everything went fine. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't make anything of that at all. And you're right. I wanted to bring that up, and I just I, I don't see how – and almost, you know, Kobe always said that you don't have stuff like that, then that means you just got a bunch of guys out there playing without passion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that's how I feel. And then this idea that, that, you know, Draymond's the leader, you know, Steph, that's, if, if certain things aren't certain people's personalities, that's just not their personalities. Yeah. You know, I mean, Tim Duncan, the leader of this, he's not over there yelling and screaming and grabbing anybody. I mean, that's just not what he is. It's probably not well, what Steph's personality is. But Draymond yeah. seems to love it. Hey, if that's what you want to do, you want to work security? Then go ahead and knock yourself out. Yeah, I feel like that's just him. There's nothing that the team needs him to do. I mean, I, I think I think Kevin and Steph got dog in him. I mean, I see Draymond. You know, he he's not a skilled player, so you know he he kind of you know he he kind of got to play that role. That's the type of stuff that keep guys in the league. Guys who aren't that skilled. They, you know, make it, they make it seem like, you know, they're the toughest in the world or they're the best defender, they're leaders on the team. It's, it's guys all around the league that's that way. They just really can't play. Correct me if I'm wrong, DJ. You don't have dog and swag in, in you and not you, you, and take those shots that Steph and Clay take. Yeah. <laughs> right? You, you don't – if you think that you take, you know, shots running around, not looking, making people fall, and you don't have dog in you? Come on, man. Right. Take some, to lack of a big word, take right. some big balls to take those shots that Steph takes. 
Right, Steph going to the going to the hole, laying the ball left hand, right hand, and coming finishing, doing his muscles like that. Like, yeah. come on, man. Now, most people, if you ask most people, so I want you to do run, catch, turn around backwards, and throw the ball up. I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, why? Wow, you scared you're gonna miss it? Yes, I am scared I'm gonna miss it. And people are gonna ask me what the hell you're thinking. And Steph does it nightly, and sometimes you know you see Steph throw, miss an air ball. Sometimes, all right, my bad. Right. You know what I mean? I, I'm still gonna keep doing it. Yeah. You know, so I mean, they definitely have dog. Every this definition that you have to be Draymond and yelling and screaming at everybody to be tough is is complete silliness. Um. Oh, go ahead. You had something. No, I was just saying it's absolute silliness. You don't need that. Um, you're 100 percent biased in this next question, but <laughs> I mean, you might surprise me. Better mm-hmm. catch, Edelman or Tyree? Um. I feel like the silence is telling. You just don't want to say it. No, no, no. I think Tyree. <laughs> he said, he said, no, 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 Tyree. Tyree. His, his was a better catch. I mean, first of all, he had to go up. He had to go up pretty high to get that. <clears throat> With one of the hardest hitting safeties ever. Right there on him. All over him. Trying to knock it out. And as he falls to the ground from jumping up really high, he had to make sure the nose of that ball didn't hit that. The, the um the 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 field and and he did that and what what Edelman did was amazing was was, was absolute just um concentration really yeah I mean the the guys around him they well it should have been a pick for one and you know a pick that could have changed history but generally when you yeah. see the ball an inch away from the ground you assume that it's on the ground right I mean like yeah I mean he just I mean the ball went up the guy went past the guy leg. He seen the ball. He grabbed it with his hands, and he he fumbled it and grabbed it again. <laughs> I mean, it's they're amazing. Me, I gotta ask that question, and I say, I mean, really, that's when you start talking about circus catches. I mean, they're all in the same boat, really. You know what I mean? It's hard to say one. Uh, Tyrese was on third down. Edelman's on first down. You know, maybe that makes a difference. You know, I think but, Tyrese might have been fourth, wasn't it? No, I think it was. It was third down. It was third I think down. It was fourth. Yeah, I'm I think not, it was like four for fourteen or something. Okay, but um, if we only had somebody who could look things up, right, DJ? Um, <laughs> the um, they're, they're both just amazing. You know what I mean? They they really are. It's like rating this buzzer beater versus that buzzer beater. Like they're both they're both amazing. They really yeah. are both both amazing catches. You watch that Edelman stuff, and you know, when stuff like that happens, you, you kind of just like the Tyree catch, and you just say, hmm. Okay. I mean, it's one of those things you'd be like, uh, yeah, we're probably going to lose. The guy's out here catching football with his helmet. And then you're on the other side, like, this guy just caught the ball off the ground twice in one play with two people on him. It's probably like, uh, yeah, everything's lining up. You know what I mean? Everything's – all the stars are aligning. Hey, Trish, they sold their soul, man. Hey, I'm convinced. That, that they got it. That, that Julio Jones catch, though. See, that's the difference. Whereas, though, I feel like the Tyree and the Edelman catch are more like – I don't want to say fluke, but fluke, like lucky. You know what I mean? Just kind of like a lucky situation. Julio Jones's catch was like, nah, this is what I do. Like, I practice this catch, foot. You know, like well, that. I feel like, I feel like the, the elements catch is more luck because, like I say, the defender got his hands on the ball first with two hands. Then it pops in the air, and it, and it, it just somehow falls into his hand. David Tyree had to go get that ball himself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He, it didn't just fall in his hands. He... He jumped up and got it. Julio Edelman. Go ahead. 
Go ahead, I was, okay. was finished. Okay. Edelman didn't. He didn't jump up and go get the ball. The ball fell into his hands after the defender tipped it. Tipped it up. When y'all watch that Julio catch, you say, "Man, that dude is amazing." I've been saying for years, and it's crazy because you know my favorite player is Odell Beckham. He went to LSU. He's a giant. I've been saying for years that Julio Jones is the best receiver. I said it when everybody was saying um, last was it last year or the year before when Beckham was having all of his circus things and breaking all the records, and so was Antonio Brown, and Julio Jones was out, and I was like, "Man, y'all forgetting about Julio Jones?" and Everybody, when Beckham made that catch, everybody was, you know, that kind of just swayed everybody, and everybody was so on Beckham. There's this, there's a pregame warm up catch of Julio Jones. I don't know if you've seen it, but I was like, and everybody was talking about greatest catches. And I said, just go on YouTube whenever you get a chance and look at Julio Jones' pregame warm up catch. He has headphones on, jumps up like 40 inches off the ground, catches the ball one, one handed, 360, like it's nothing. Like that dude is special. And in the same boat as Julio, and then I told you, is AJ. I mean, like, those are two dudes, because I agree with you with the Antonio Brown and the Beckham. They're small. They're amazing. They're great. But you can't coach what AJ and Julio have, and that's 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, you can't coach that size. 215 pounds, and still just as fast as those other guys. Only thing only thing about it is Julio is, him and AJ, Julio's stronger. You know, AJ, AJ, AJ going to go get AJ's tall. But Julio, what surprised me, because I watched Julio, Alabama because he playing against us. I didn't know he's that fast. I'm like he's a possession receiver. He's strong. He's tall. When he came over in a four three, I yeah, was like, I was about to say he four three. I was like, it's no way he's that fast. He's that fast, and I already just thought he was just strong and tall. And I was like, man, that dude is going to be crazy. And but the only is. thing with Odell was Odell just more. He's shorter, but he plays taller, and he's just more elusive. Like you could just give him the ball. He's you know, he's, he's, he's gonna, definitely he's gonna, a lot more elusive. He's more elusive. But again, that that six four six five makes for some yeah. nice jump balls, boy. Yeah, just throw it up there. <laughs> I mean, it makes for some some nice jump balls that uh, mm-hmm. you, there's nothing you can do about that. When you look at these corners and the league with corners are six feet, I mean, yeah. these guys giving up five inches to these dudes. Yeah, right. You, you know, th- those are two monster guys right there, man. Two monster guys. It was, right. it was third down. You were right. I know that. A one confirmed that. He said it was third down. Third and eleven. It was third and eleven. I want to ask both of you a um, question real quick. Go ahead. About um, so you both are on record, I think, saying that you both were fine with what uh, KD did going going to Golden State, right? Yes. Can you hear him, DJ? Yeah, I hear him. Okay, I'm looking right at him. All right, so if um, the Cavaliers lose to the Warriors last season, say they lose four one, they don't make that comeback, and LeBron says in the season I'm going to Golden State. You guys don't have a problem with that. That's a good point. Um, Only reason I bring this up is, is because I heard uh, that um, Westbrook says he's, says he's no longer he's no longer talking to uh, KD. So I'm guessing he's feeling some kind of way about you know. But it just made me think if if LeBron had done that, if he had got washed by Golden State and just said, "Okay, I'm a free agent, I'm going to Golden State," what would you would you guys still feel the same way about that? Uh, one, yes. I, I mean, not the same one. I'll go first. Uh, I'd be like, "What the hell was that?" Because I feel like they're at completely different places in their career. KD's trying to win a ring and and start that career, trying to start that career, that climb up the mountain of greatness. And the first part of winning rings is getting one. Um, LeBron is already far surpassed. I mean, there's, they're at such different points in their career. Whereas though, LeBron is right now chasing a guy by the name of Michael Jordan and and NBA history, and for him to just join Golden State. 
that would definitely not be cool like at, at all um katie's trying to get katie's at a different point in his career and he's and he's measured differently I, I i'm yet to hear any debate kd or michael jordan or anybody say that kd's on the uh M, on on the basketball mount rushmore i'm mean, not to say that he won't be there or that he can't be but i'm yet to hear that anybody say that right now Go yeah ahead, um i think it's different i think it's totally different um if, if lebron would have done it because first of all lebron's already done it you know lebron already went to miami to with, with playing with you know maybe the second third best shooting guard ever and brought brought Bosch with him and they went there won two championships then he comes back to Cleveland and basically trade in them guys for younger them for younger talent you yeah. know bring bring come on love take your 26 and 15 we're gonna come over here with the other number one pick who's can give me 20 plus a night and like I say Brown already has his reign so with Kevin Kevin's been sitting in Oklahoma his whole career and 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 he's playing on a team that that they're really kind of play selfish ball. They just take a turns playing one on one, and 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 that's not going. And they found that out. That's not going to really. That's not going to win them a championship playing that way. So now it's like, okay, what do I do? Do I sit here and you know and just keep watching LeBron collect more rings? Keep watching, you know, maybe Steph collect more rings. And Steph and them like, man, they figured us out. Cleveland figured us out last year. KD, we need you. And you know, because for LeBron, he he's already it'll, this would be like his third time doing it. So it'll be very different for him to do opposed to to KD. And I feel like for KD, I just feel like he the way the way they play basketball really intrigues him because it's just a, a unselfish way of playing. He can go out there and basically he can get the same amount of points, you know, five six less shots. And shooting a way better percentage. I agree. That was a good question, but um, yeah, it was. I, I would definitely, if LeBron was like, "I'm going, going." First of all, that'd be like your, that'd be your third time. Like, dude, is your quest to play with every great player who steps foot in, in the in the NBA? Did you see that thirty for thirty meme with LeBron? And it said, "What if I told you one guy tried to yeah. recruit the whole NBA?" <laughs> yeah. I yeah. saw that. I was dying. I was like, "Yep, that sounds about right." All right, well, like you said, look, KD is a he's he's not he's not like LeBron. Like he's saying, I'm the best player in the league. I'm I'm on Mount Rushmore. I'm being compared to Michael Jordan. It's it's it's, it's just different. And like I say, you you've already you've already done it twice. Mm-hmm. All KD did was just leave. He got a chance to leave, and he went somewhere where he felt the most comfortable. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm making more I'm more draw to comparison. To LeBron when he first left and went to Miami, sort of situation where he played in Cleveland. You know, he did his seven years or whatever it was, and just like I'm not going to win here, let me go somewhere else. And that's what I think KD did was like played his seven years or whatever it is in OKC. Said I'm not going to win here, let me go somewhere else. But he didn't say, "Come on, Anthony Davis, let's go." Yeah, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, yeah. me and you, let's go. Yeah, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, bro. I'm, I'm 100% with you. I'm, I'm 100% with you. Um, all right, well, that is everything for this week. Uh, thank everybody. And again, uh, one more time to say the sponsor name. Please make sure that you go to the SNL Heating and Air Conditioning um, page and like the page. Um, again, that's SNL Air Conditioning and like the page and just make sure you support them. And again, thank you all for everybody who tuned in. I got a lot of comments today for um, supporting us, for supporting myself and Damar Johnson 
and the whole um, barbershop podcast. Um, we, we, while we do enjoy it, we uh, are very grateful for all of you guys who tune in and gals who uh, tune in and listen. All the gals tune in for DJ, though, not me. Um, <laughs> I'm just playing with you. Um, all right, everybody, thanks again, uh, and we will see you next week. Hey, DJ, good luck to you guys uh, tonight, right? Who you guys play tonight? Central Florida. Okay, you definitely should handle that one. Easy W, man. Easy W. They've been playing. They've been, they've been playing. What are you trying to teach? Got, got the guy seven six. Does he play? Yeah, he's a center. He's he's, he's, <laughs> he's like, a center. Really, DJ? He's a center. He's not a. He doesn't. Is he any good? He can't be any good. He's all right. He's no, all right. he's not. He's all right. <laughs> if he was all right in seven he's six, not I'm the best s- player, but he, 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 he's all right. If he was all right in seven six, we would hurt him. Are they talking about drafting him? I don't see Morris tonight on tape. On tape, he didn't look. He didn't look that bad. And I talked to one of your assistant coaches, a good friend of mine. Um, he, he, he told me that the kid can actually move. He can play. move. That's what I was about to say. He can move. Yeah, he can actually move. So I'm curious to see this tonight. What year is he in? He's not a senior. I'm not sure. He might, he might be a sophomore. Seven six sophomore. You know how bad you have to be to be seven six, and they don't draft you. Interesting. The league's different now, though. The league's so different now. So different. Yeah. So I could definitely see teams being good. like, we have no, we have, I wouldn't even know what to do with you. Exactly. If, if you can't run up and down the court and you can't shoot threes, not even sure what the hell I would possibly do with you. How can you help us beat the Warriors? Yeah, that, that would be everybody's question. That's, that you're 100% right. How can you help us beat the Warriors? And the answer is probably you can't. <laughs> so, you're, so you're 100% right. You guys on ESPN tonight? Nah, I, 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 I don't know though. It's a 9 o'clock game. I wonder why we're playing that. Yeah, you guys are on ESPN a lot, man. I see you on TV a lot. Always out man. there. You put on side. They heard I was back, man. <laughs> That's what it is. All right, man. Again, everybody, thank you for listening. And we will see you uh, next week. Take care. Have a good week. Later.